Well, another fresh episode here. I remember, as always, go to iTunes, and if you're an iTunes or Apple product user, uh, when you do the podcast, please uh, go give me a review if you could, especially if you love the content. And follow me on Instagram. That's going to be Average Joe's Beer Podcast. I love posting stuff on there and like seeing what you guys are drinking and sharing all that beer porn, all that good stuff. Hashtag the shit out of everything. And then uh, Twitter and Untapped, you can get me at JoeBob41. JoeBob41, J-O-E-B-O-B-41 at both Twitter and Untapped. And this was a this was a new a new type of show. Um, I did uh, the first of hopefully many uh, roundtable episodes where I got a few brewers together to talk about the beer, and I kind of went with a regional concept to start this thing out. Um, Southside was the first first on my list. My guy John Brand over at Open Outcry really took the idea and ran with it, and and kind of got me some brewers. We had uh, booked four. Um, different breweries. Uh, we had one drop out at the last minute, but no big deal. He's been on the podcast before, uh, so we had um, we had Open Outcry, um, which my guy John Brand. We had Horse Thief Hollow, Matt Johnson, one of the brewers over there. He came and uh, brought some Horse Thief beer and a lot of good conversation. And then uh, the man Mark Gokel over at uh, One Trick Pony. So local legend, uh, he was, they, they were great. They all sat down and we just talked about Southside beer and the beer industry in general. So I just thought it'd be great to have, give an insight and see a few people in the industry interacting together with me, just kind of, you know, I'm in it, I'm hanging out, I'm moderating, I'm talking a little bit, but it's about them and it's about the South side and hopefully we'll get some more, uh, like a North side one, a suburbs one, a bottle shop one coming down the line. So uh, without further ado, here's the first roundtable edition, Southside Beer. All right, so we're literally live now, guys. We're good. We're good. Well, we're not live, really. I mean, people will hear this after we, after we put it up. i got to put my cheaters on. Yeah, no, that's good. I want to start off, first of all, by thanking the man to my right here, uh, John Brand, who's diligently looking at his phone, probably just thinking of better w- ways to make open outcry cooler. But, uh, John, thank you for hosting this. Um, tell, tell them what we're doing here, I guess, John. Let's start with you. Uh, so, first of all, thanks for being here. Um, we thought it would be, you and I thought it would be a good idea to uh, get some other Southside breweries together, meet here, talk Southside, talk Southside beer, talk Southside beer culture. Uh, talk about other things that are going on in, in, in beer on the south side and the south side in general. So I said the south side about 16 times just now. And you'll say it about 60 more. I mean, that's yeah. the point, though. Uh, the point was Joe thought to himself and was told by other people, Joe, you're going to run out of episodes. You're going to run out of breweries to talk to. And I said, nuh-uh, I'm going to do regional episodes, duh. And yeah. the first guy <laughs> I thought of was, who's the most south guy I've ever met? John Brand. And I, and I thought the other cool thing would be to have a conversation with uh, a lot of folks that I've become friends with in the short time that I've been in this industry. Uh, so people that have helped me along the way and get the doors open here and uh, we're always available for uh, uh, for help or uh, answer any questions I had or that Yeast were supportive. Yeast if you need it or no. Uh, well, that's true. We can, we, we can talk about We'll talk about that later in the show, I'm sure. But, yeah, those type of things happen a lot with the breweries on the south side. And we're all, I mean, honestly, we're all, truly, we're all, pretty good friends with each other and we all talk about how we can push and promote beer culture on the south side it's a common conversation that we have amongst all of us all the time 
And uh, you two gentlemen across the table from me are two guys that I really would like to have on the podcast as your own standalone episodes, but but for now, I'll take you in this format. So introduce yourselves. Let's start over here with my guy, One Trick Pony. Uh, Mark Ogle, uh, One Trick Pony Brewery, Lansing, Illinois. And uh, super awesome readers, by the way. Thank you. I They were <laughs> sitting on the, the nightstand You're like, I'll uh, take next them. to where my wife's book is, and so purple and paisley purple and sensual yes <laughs> and you my friend and i am matt johnson with horsey Palo brewing company uh just a few blocks uh a few blocks north on north. western yep yeah i mean you guys have been at it for a while with the two of you right yeah you guys have been you guys have been doing this whole south side thing for a while yeah horse thief uh we just celebrated our fifth anniversary uh back in february and i've been with the company about two and a half years Right now okay and one trick opened uh, one trick opened in uh let's see june 1st 2012 god damn you so guys are old years. as shit in three years <laughs> right. i've right. been equating those to dog years mostly in the podcast but but seriously I, anything like before 2014 is like whoa how long have you been open i mean you guys had to have been like one of some of the first licensures in illinois probably right <laughs> <laughs> I'm not i'm not Don't joking i think pollyanna was pollyanna was just on they thought they were like maybe 60th and that was 2014. I, I think. Th- I think that um, that one trick was right after Pipeworks and wow. right around Big Isle. That's OG. That's like it is OG. OG. Shit and right on there. the south side, other than Argus, I think one trick and Horse Thief are probably. Are they no, the besides th- Argus, then it was us, and then it was Horse Thief. Yeah, is Argus right. still yeah. functional? Or they, oh yeah. They're, yeah. Okay. They're oh yeah. Still going. They're it's strong. They're, they're, they're one of their brewers is now uh, at a place in Frankfurt now. I think. Uh, uh, Trails Edge, Trails Edge. Mike, mm. I think is his name. I don't know how familiar you guys with that. Is that like another the, brewery? The group over there. They're more of a restaurant, but now they've they've gotten brewery right in now. Okay. Yeah. The Argus, the Argus guys are great guys. They're in here a lot, and I think Argus is the only brewery that I'm aware of that actually has on staff a brewery historian. That's his job. And if you do the Argus tour, it's one of the funnest tours I've 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 been on. They uh, they're in an old Schlitz horse barn. Mm-hmm. And you can actually still see the ho- you, you actually ride the horse elevators that the Schlitz horses that used to deliver the beer would ride up and down in the building. They would they would put these horses away at night on the second floor, and they had this horse elevator in the back. So during the tour, you actually ride the horse elevator. And the Argus Brewery historian, I wish I remember the gentleman's name. He, he's a really funny guy. Uh, he tells a great story when you go on that tour about about that building in that area. It's in Roseland, which is a neighborhood. About, uh, I'd say about 10 miles east of us right now. 10 miles? That seems like a way long <clears throat> way. Maybe seven. Do they serve Schlitz malt mm, liquor? Uh, That's the it's, question. It's not, I don't think it's 10. I think it's between 5 and 10. But imagine how many horses shit and... <laughs> <laughs> See? Somebody had to break yep, the... Yep, there it goes. There it Thank goes. you. Thank you. I, I'm glad that you broke the cherry on that one. I mean, you deserve that It's one. a great tour. And the, and the folks over at Argus are, are fun people to hang out with. What the hell is with the horse theme on the south side, guys? We have horse elevators, we have one-trick ponies, and we have horse thief hollows. I, I have always said that we need to have like a, a four horsemen of open the apocalypse. Open outcry. Or not open outcry. Um, open evil, horse. Horse. Evil, evil horse. horse evil also. horse. Yes, yeah, Steve. Yep. God damn so, it. <laughs> darn it. Peotone or Beecher? Crete. Crete. There you go. Get it right, John. Sorry. No. Yes. There's people taking pictures. No, you're south side. What's Steve yeah. Camp? Another great guy. Yeah. Brewers of Southwest Suburbia. <laughs> Dude. You guys are doing big things out here, though. I mean, you got a couple of OGs. John's kind of the newer kid on the block on yeah. this on in this whole deal. I mean, look at your tap room. I mean, Thursday night. What time is it? Six o'clock. We got uh, 
a full view of just like seats filled in this joint. So beer's doing well, right? I mean, beer's yeah. doing well. Yeah, I think if you ask just about any of the, the, the tap rooms on the south side, um, while I think we talked about this earlier before we started, I, I think this, you know, in terms of progressive beer consumers and beer taste, the south side definitely was a little bit behind the trend, but. What you're starting to see in Horse Thieves Tap Room and down at One Trick Pony and all the other breweries down here is this, right? Uh, this is where people want to hang out. This is where people are bringing their families. This has become a, uh, the key social amenities for the different neighborhoods down down here on, on this part of the city. So uh, what you see here is not any different than what's going on at everybody else's brewery down here. Look, we even have fans. Look, let's wave at them. That's actually my family. Is it really? Yeah, that's my wife and my two kids right there. Hi, wife and two kids. Yeah. Brand family. Yeah. That's awesome. I thought we had really real and, fans. And that's my we father-in-law. A, we have a golfer. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like the stereotypical golfer. Like it. Uh, so you guys, you guys are uh, respectively what, what, Lansing? Lansing, you know? Illinois. Lansing, Illinois. Last stop at, uh, at the beer events that we do... Um, We've got a sign that we'll, we'll bring out. Um, there's three questions. What's, what's question number one? It is always, where are you guys located? Lansing, Illinois. Question number two, where's that? <laughs> or no, it, it'll be, uh, you, you mean Lansing, Michigan? No, Lansing, Illinois. Then the last one is, where is that? It's the last stop before Indiana. <laughs> and so part of the whole Southside experience um, is a lot of Southsiders and also a lot of Northsiders. Lots of folks from all over the state of Illinois um, like to travel on the weekends, and they head out to Indiana and Michigan, and then they, they make their way back, and they'll stop in, and they'll say, well, this is Lansing, Illinois. They don't and, come in and go, go, Sparty. <laughs> um, no, well, I've had disabuse a number of folks okay. of uh, the Michigan state ties. There's no Michigan state ties here. Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois uh, undergrad, but... Um, being on the south side, I, John knows um, very well that I was living here in Beverly where Open Outcry is um, way back in the late 90s. So even before, um, you know, the, uh, the millennium changed and everyone thought their computers were going to croak, um, I was living out here <laughs> oh, and, and thought about this back in 2003, uh, just the whole concept, and took a while to, to get open. And at south side, I knew it back in 2003. And... Um, I, I knew that there was a reception out here in, in on the south side that no one had ever tried to tap into. And by that, I mean we had um, some bars in the neighborhood that served better beer. Uh, Sierra Nevada was the best that you could find out here f until, I think, Horse Thief opened. Um, and I, I knew early on after having... Um, found a brewery and been in, actually introduced to a brewery in, in um, Indiana uh, that was doing something that was so off the grid cool for me in about 2002 that something like this could work out on the south side and especially in Beverly and um, you know after all these years we've you know been around for six years and uh, I knew that this was something that the south side would eventually um, come around to with exposure to better beer and not just the same old Miller Lite and Bud, which I am happy to drink. Um, but I'd rather find something that's going to challenge the taste buds, you know, when I'm 
uh, when I'm out and discerning and spending money. So in 2002, who was that Indiana brewery that... that Back Road Brewery, Back uh, Chuck Krasilic in, oh, in LaPorte, Indiana. Still there, still kicking, and I, I, I have not been out to see him in a, a number of years. I see him at beer events in Indiana. We, we distribute in northwest Indiana as well as in Illinois, and um, Chuck seems to be the exact same guy that I remember in 2002. Um, Midwest Pale Ale, here it is, and it's, it's still... It still brings back the memories of, holy shit, this is the best, most freshest beer um, that I've ever had. Because back back in 2002, it was, wow, you, you've got um, three Floyds. And three Floyds then was not as, as nearly as large as it is now. Um, but that was cutting edge and cool today still, but back then even more so. And, and uh, back road kind of back road was the entree for me into the whole industry good lord i think a lot of people during that story were probably like, oh he's talking about three floyds you know they didn't think you were talking about back road brewing and what what, what back road actually Indiana. introduced me to three floyds <clears throat> i didn't you know south side in 2002 three floyds i i knew of or heard of three floyds but we we, we really didn't see the beer out here on the south side at least from what i recall um i was i felt that I had accomplished something if I was able to get a 12-pack a, a of Sam Adams, whatever <laughs> seasonal beer was out then. Um, and then Sierra Nevada was the only other uh, large craft brewery, so to speak. We, we weren't seeing. There, there was no Binnies out here. Um, <laughs> we weren't seeing all sorts of other breweries because there weren't that many. Uh, and Three Floyds really, Three Floyds and, and to me, Goose Island really brought this, this movement to where it is now, and yeah. we, we have a lot of we have a lot of homage to pay to the I think to the to, halls and the Floyds. So growing up, growing up in the South Side in the late '80s and '90s, um, I do remember hearing from my so my, my father and his friends would always seek out better beer as well, and I know that they would either go to Goose Island. These were the places you can go, especially on the South Side. You had to you had to drive. You had to Clyburn. You had to drive to Clyburn. You, had to, yeah. you either had to go to. Uh, Goose Island, <clears throat> or we should mention Maple Tree. So if you didn't, if you didn't want to make the trip to Goose Island, my father and his friends would get in the car and they would either drive to Clybourne or they would go to Maple Tree. And Maple Tree, I think to this, I think they don't get the credit that they deserve probably for being one of the first places on the South Side to introduce initially imports, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then bringing in things like when this is before Bell's pulled out of Illinois, um, which was what like oh three oh four ish maybe when Bell's was initially they were they mm-hmm. were um, distributing right. in Illinois. Uh, but you can go to Maple Tree and I think you can get a Bell's or you can get Goose, you can get Goose Island beer there. Um, but in terms of Southside pioneers, it's Mark is on the forefront of that. But I think you also got to give some some respect to Maple Tree uh, for being one of the first better beer bars on the south side of Chicago. Do you, you agree with that? Is that? I, I'd actually suggest don't forget Harrison's. Harrison's was a brew pub in Orland Park. Oh, on LaGrange and, Road. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember um, going there too. Yeah. And, and, and so, no, I there, there was, listen, there, there was no um, groundbreaking idea here. It was simply going to a, to a little place in LaPorte and thinking, wow, I should... You know, how can I do something like this on the south side? And, um, again, in terms of pioneers, pioneers are simply the people that decided to do something foolish 
before everybody else did. <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. How do you guys differentiate? Um, I, it's always curious to me because I'm not technically a South Side guy. You know, I live in the Southwest suburbs. I grew up in Joliet, but I always find it interesting to see that dynamic between South Side Chicago and then Northwest Indiana. Cause they all they seem to work together sometimes. Like, do you guys differentiate? Like, where where are the mental borders drawn for true South Side people? <laughs> I I consider Northwest Indiana part of. Well, first of all, Northwest Indiana is generally considered part of the Chicagoland area. So, growing up down here, um, when we had to go to places like Laporte or Munster, uh, that seemed in my mind pretty seamless as part of the quote unquote South Side of Chicago. Once you start getting east of Munster, um, maybe you start to lose a little bit of that, but you know, they would, um, their high schools would compete with, uh, South Chicago, uh, high schools and sports and, uh, your family. If you were a Southside family, you probably had some, uh, relatives that lived in Northwest Indiana. So I always considered Northwest Indiana to be part of. You probably the went Southside. to Indiana Beach. Is, is and so we you went had. to the dunes. All my, so my mother, when dunes. I was just yes. a little yep. shit, we would go down. We'd go to the dunes every every weekend yeah. as well, right? So yeah, I, I looked at I looked at Northwest Indiana as part of the South Chicago land area for sure. So what the hell makes you want to open a brewery up? <laughs> I've I've heard, I've heard John's story. I want to hear everybody else's. Yeah, yeah. horse thief well, hollow. I, like I know I know you didn't open the brewery up with them, but sure. uh, you're you're what you say two two and a half years. Yeah, I've been so, here. Yeah. I've been uh, with horse thief about two and a half years. But so. I mean, can you relay some of the the horse yeah, thief no, hollow sure. story? I I still remember. Uh, we we fight this to your to the day. You guys talk about the you know the trying to cultivate a craft beer following on the south side. I mean, you. you to this day, we still it'll be a busy Thursday, Friday night, and Saturday night even, and you'll get you know, customers to come in. The first thing they, without even looking at our draft board, they they ask like, "Oh, I'll take a Bud Light or I'll take a Miller Light or or whatever." And you have to like explain to them, you know, in some in some cases, you say before you can even say no, we actually brew our own beer here. Sometimes they just turn and walk out. I mean, that's just part of that's part of the culture where you know people are so set in their ways with what they want to drink and, you know, trying to fight that. Um, I think it took us a while, you know, to, to think about, are we even going to serve, uh, offer those on the menu? Like, are we going to have, you know, buy a couple cases of Miller Lite for a weekend crowd or, or Bud Light or whatever. And, you know, just to try to help keep those, um, you know, keep those customers around. And I remember one thing Neil did early on was someone would, you know we we did uh have you know i think miller light um available in cans and when someone would order one neil would say hey uh this i i saw that you ordered this uh neil is our owner neil Byers, and he would say like i want you to i, I want you to try this beer and it was uh 18th rebellion it was our our zwickle beer kind of a, our light offering and he's like you know if you don't like it beer's on me um, and you know, that doing things like that, it's takes balls to do that. And it takes a risk that, you know, someone, sometimes people will say, no, I'll take my Miller Lite. And other times people will be like, you know, you gradually have to chip away at those, you know, preconceived, you know, ruts that people are in where, you know, they're just, they've been drinking, you know, Bud Miller Coors for 
30 odd years and you're trying to get them in this first you know thing that tastes has a lot more flavor like like you guys are talking about I, i'm going to challenge you on the 30 odd years for drinking cores in, in chicago oh, i i <laughs> i, I, I kind of <clears throat> lump them all into i recall being 18 years old and uh in the late 80s go. dukes of hazard here. and uh I remember traveling with my folks out to California, and at that point, you couldn't get cores. I believe it was beyond the Mississippi, yeah. and I remember going into uh, a restaurant grudgingly with, again, mom and dad, and uh, at the age of eighteen, and seeing Coors for California sign, and thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing. Like, like all of a sudden, Coors for California. Whoa, this is cool. Uh, so I, I think yeah, it, I no. think it was I think thirty years though you might have your math right there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been it's about be pretty 30, close yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. 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 Well, they're all like the same thing now. I mean, it's not bashing. What no, they, they, I, it's not bashing the big guy. It's just you know. You know how do you when you get someone that's that's brand loyal? Right. How to get them yep. to to try your newer product that you're you're brewing in a. To say it's a fraction of the volume is, I think, an it's overestimation. Laughable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get the same thing in Lansing. Uh, there's there's still quite a bit of, um, uh, let's see, folks that that have been drinking the same thing for years and years and years, and we'll do the same thing in house. And it, uh, the, the reception of of uh, of folks to something new, even though they have been dyed in the wool brand loyal bud since you know since 1893 um exaggerating uh they they will try our our uh, you know if we've got a lager on they'll try the lager if we've got a uh, a light pail or even uh even some of the belgian beers that 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 we that we offer um it's it's amazing to me what what's amazing is in the beer crowd, anyone that's going to come in that even folks that enjoy Bud on a daily, daily uh, on, a, on a regular basis, um, their palates are are sparked when they come in. Um, it's it, it, it's not um, what I figured about the South Side years ago was is still coming true today and that people uh, out here. Uh, just have never really had the the opportunity. I, I guess where I am in Lansing, uh, um, Three Floyds once again they've been in the area for years and years, and so they've they've cultivated a um, uh, a, a large following that you know when they come in uh, they they know what they're looking for and they they know what to expect. It, but the, lo- uh, the folks that live in the area or maybe a little bit further south of us uh, in Lansing. Um, we'll, we'll get them in on bus tours or we'll get them in for um, even today. I think, John, you've got teacher's last day at uh, Christ the King. And so they're all hanging out after work. We'll, we'll get the same crowds. And and it's it's it, it, it someone must have done a sociological uh, study on this years before on a different topic than beer, but understood that if, if you give offerings or if you give uh, options to folks, um, they will. You know, they will try it and, and nine times out of ten enjoy something new, something fresh. I think that um, all that is true. Uh, but the south side in terms of being a bastion of the American light lager and a place where, um, you know, the Bud and the Miller distributors knew that this was a stronghold for them. I think they're, for the first time in the last year or two you're starting to see some chinks in that armor there are folks coming in here now that 
um, are were staunch American light lager drinkers, but it but the south side is catching up. It's part of this macro trend where folks are interested in trying better beer, and I know I'm seeing it here where on a daily basis. Um, you know, someone will drag their husband in or their brother in or their cousin in who really wasn't all that interested in coming here because, you know, they knew that it wasn't typically the type of beer they drink, but they came here because we have a dining option or, you know, we're the new place in the neighborhood to check out. And uh, I think there's been more of an open mind or a willingness for those longtime American light lager drinkers to give craft a chance and breweries on the south side have had to have have had to be been a little bit more creative in the way they introduce these folks to beer so you heard matt say that neil back when horse thief opened would you know offer folks beer risk-free to try i know here i think it's phenomenal i think it's a great idea here we other people may take uh, take to too for us, the cream ale was a key. It was a key beer for us. Now right? you offer it in like a three hundred ounce cup. Well, we <laughs> sell them in twenty five ounce yeah. mugs now. But it looks but like three hundred ounces on Instagram. <laughs> for us, the cream ale has worked out very well because um, uh, th- these folks come in and we say, you know, look, give this a shot. If you, you know, we'll give them a sample of it, and they taste it. And we also, by the way, we'll also make reference to. Um, you know, the, 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 the name cream ale, the style, the cream ale style, it's not the most popular style. A lot of people haven't heard of it. The name cream gives kind of a different expectation of what that experience is like than what it actually is. Uh, so we'll make references to things like new glare spotted cow, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone going to say that's yeah, the that's number one. New, new glare spotted cow to, to is the to. gateway beer for a yes. many, uh, mm-hmm. American Probably light lager drinkers in, in the Midwest, right? Yeah. So when we say that. New Glarus Spotted Cow is a cream ale, and we serve a cream ale that we are very proud of and we were, we've worked very hard on. Uh, that has given us an opportunity or a platform to introduce folks to different type of beer styles that, like Mark just said, otherwise haven't been all that open or interested in trying different beers uh, or a little bit behind the curb in terms of trying different beers here on the south side of Chicago. But I do see those those cracks are opening, and there are folks coming in here that I know – They've been drinking American Lagers for 30 years and are drinking craft beer for the first time uh, because of beers like the Cream Ale or because of the education that Horse Thief Hollow has given folks or because Mark Kokel's face has been been um, been around for the last 10, 15 years selling, years selling beer to folks. <laughs> selling, beer, selling beer to folks. So um, it, it's we talk about it all the time. We feel like there's some real cultural traction with beer culture uh around here and in the south suburbs and it's it's really exciting to be for me it's exciting to be part of it and to and to join guys like uh matt and neil at horse thief and and mark who have really been the like the first i know you you didn't like my use of the word pioneer earlier like but i'll use, I'll use it craft, again right I, I, you didn't like craft <laughs> you like pioneer. Like. but but i mean you really were i mean you and neil were one of the first folks to really uh, flip the coin and, and, and try to bring better beer to the south side and the rest of us are kind of riding those coattails I, I say that in Argus as well right uh, but it's 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 a trend that's very real down here and uh, I'm happy to be a part of it such, such a to me that the palate on the south side has become so discerning and I'm curious to, to see what um, what your reactions are to this 
we will actually have folks coming in now asking us specifically for sours. And sours didn't register on the south side Mm -hmm. until very recently. And so... A lot of places they haven't registered. In Illinois in general, I mean. And so... Still a fight. um, Yeah, it's... So, so the palate out here is has been exposed to a lot more than the palate had been back in the early 2000s, and so now there's some unique challenges, uh, and that's to keep up with with all the changing, you know, the, the changing taste that, that everybody has. So, um, yeah, so I, I I think it's there's some human nature to it. Once you offer something new and different. Folks that haven't had the exposure will will try it and 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 be hooked. Um, well, yeah, and and even talking about like you know you guys mentioned gateway beers is um, when you come to sours, for example, like for in my experience, um, it's also been like sours are great gateway beer for people who weren't beer drinkers but were mm-hmm. wine drinkers, and they are. I mean, you, especially the wide variety. Um, and there's still some people that just sour is not their thing. I have plenty of my friends, my parents are are kind of the the same way. They'll I'll bring some cool sours home. Like oh, this got brought this back from Belgium, or I brought this 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 brewery uh, has been doing a killer you know Berliner Weiss or a cool lambic style, and they're just not digging them. But like people who are big into wine at first, and then they say like oh I don't like beer. I don't like well what don't you like about it? What what do you like in your wines? They're like well I like you know, lighter, a little bit oaky, and then like, boom, sours. Like either a Goza or Berliner Weiss or some fruited sours especially, I think, can do a really, really good job with that. Can I ask a question? No, uh, you may not. May I please I'm ask a question? Not allowed on this podcast. I am the one that asks the questions. John, <laughs> Here, Here's my question. Here's my question. Do you think, so I, I'm a little bit more of an optimist in terms of uh, how, how progressive Southside beer drinkers have come. Do you think the context, and this is more for, this is for Mark and Matt, the way this conversation conversation's gone so far, uh, I think lends itself to the perception that um, the South Side is behind the, the beer drinking curve at the moment. I, 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 I don't necessarily agree with that, with that narrative. I, I, I think that they were behind the curve five years ago, definitely 10 years ago, but in the last couple of years, I don't see too much of a difference between. Um, nope. Right. So no, I, I, no, I really I, don't. I agree with that. 100%. I, I don't. So I feel like the way this conversation has gone so far suggests that we feel uh, as brewers on the south side a little handcuffed. But I mean, half the goddamn beers we make here are New England style oh, IPAs, absolutely. and we yeah. sell the shit out of these. Yeah. Things. No. So I, I think I think uh, you guys were to me as the outsider. It felt like you guys were talking more about just kind of the start of the battle and, yeah, then, for and sure. then now we're at this place which but you're right we we didn't really touch on is is you're at a place where i mean right now we're sitting on your 50th 50 year anniversary these four of us are sipping on uh from horse deep hollow i'm gonna give you two examples about as sour and funky as you can get uh, I, i'm gonna give you two examples two weeks ago three weeks ago matt we did a collaboration with horse thief hollow and rainbow cone to uh 
Uh, crazy cool. Crazy it, cool cap. Where we broke where we broke down the five flavors in the rainbow cone that inspired four different beers and the lines at both Horse Thief and at Open Outcry were out the door. The, it was, this neighborhood, it was huge. Okay, this neighborhood so, so went real crazy, quick right? before you guys go farther, I want I want you guys to keep elaborate. Yeah, we gave all it, the kids beer. Just like it rained. Before you guys go kids. elaborating deeper on this, explain to cuz cuz you got to remember a lot of the people that are listening to this, not South Siders. Maybe suburbanites, maybe northern Illinois folks, maybe, you know, Chicago downtown folk like explain to them the rainbow the significance of the rainbow so cone. i'll talk about the rainbow cone and then matt you can talk about the, uh, the beers that we yeah. did okay and what rain- okay so uh for folks that aren't familiar with uh rainbow cone Ra- rainbow cone is an ice cream shop located at uh 91st and western avenue it's in the beverly neighborhood they have been at that same location for 92 consecutive years 92 That's years it? as an ice cream shop on the south side and it's one of those generational um generationally significant businesses on the south side where your parents took you there because their parents took them there and their parents took them there and they've been at the same damn place for 92 years and it's an incredibly important cultural um landmark landmark for this neighborhood right so um and it's it's a type of business that needs to be celebrated right so um horse thief and open outcry approached them and with the idea of doing a flight um, a, an event where we where we brewed four different beers, and I'll let Matt talk about the beers. But we did four different beers that were inspired by the Rainbow Cone, uh, which is you ask anyone that grew up on the South Side, their parents took them to Rainbow Cone, and they had a Rainbow Cone at Rainbow Cone. Right? Yeah, I was I was in here when Will is, was finishing one of those flavors. Uh, your your head brewer, uh, give him some love. What, what's Will's? Go- How do you say his last? We name? We talked about Will in the last podcast. His name is Will Gobieski. Uh, he does substantially all the brewing here, um, and he's he's been doing a very good job. We're 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 very happy with the. He was just finishing that one when I was I here think he was a that, couple yeah. weeks back, yeah. a month ago. I was like, what? What? Yeah, it was an IPA, but it was tasted like ice cream. But. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, so uh, the Rainbow Cone, the five flavors, you've got uh, pistachio, you've got Palmer House, which is a vanilla with uh, maraschino cherries and walnuts. You've got chocolate ice cream, strawberry ice cream, and then it's topped off with rainbow sherbet, correct? Correct. I don't know if I got those in a row. You got them all right. Yeah, that's right. He was counting. Um, He made sure. Yeah. So uh, the way we were trying to do is uh, we split it up. So uh, we at Horse Thief uh, decided to take the rainbow, the orange sherbet, and we decided to take the pistachio. And then uh, John and Will at Outcry did, um, they did the, uh, basically the chocolate and strawberry. Chocolate and strawberry. And then they took the palm Palmer house, house, which I think that was probably the most difficult one to pull off because it's like, oh, it's just one flavor. But it's really it's like three. three. Different, yeah, three different it's three flavors. different flavors yeah. that you had to, yeah. had to have That was uh, the one I through. tried. And I was like, what? What is yeah. this? Um, but yeah, I mean, that event was... No, number one, it, I, I think I don't know how how it went on on your guys' end uh, as far as like getting the beers ready and things, but I know you know Neil, uh, Dave, our head brewer, and myself. You know, we were giving ourselves fits, just making sure. You know, we were, we were driving down the Rainbow Cone to do a little R and D. I'd pop over on the little way home. R and D. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I also, my, my wife is seven, uh, eight months pregnant. So it's like, all right, I'm going to pick up some ice cream for her yeah. on the way home. And then, my wife did a lot of R&D when yeah. she was pregnant both <laughs> times. Yeah, she crushed so, R&D. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so it, it, at that rate, like, you know, because this is such a, a ubiquitous generational thing on the South side, trying to do it right and do, do it justice was, was a big thing that we were uh, 
that we were just struggling with. Even on like the day, we're like, I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's, but like, you know, just trying to dial in, you know, dial in those flavors. Like, is there any, uh, any last minute thing we could do to make sure that these are hitting the right points? But I think all, all four of the beers really, really nailed it. And it was such a cool event. But here was the point. Do you think five years ago or 10 years ago, the crowds we had were incredibly fulfilling, right? I mean, we had people waiting to get in, the, to get in both breweries to, mm-hmm. tr- to try the flight. Um, Mark, would this have happened five years ago or ten years ago down here? Uh, ten years ago. <laughs> uh, that, where was I ten years ago? Right, well, I, I know where I was ten I think years ago. So, I think people would have thought it was crazy. Uh, right? so, so the answer was there was some excitement ten years ago on, on the whole on the whole movement um uh, but 10 years ago there was also a different economy than there is today that's true um and so uh i'd say go back 15 years um no 10 years ago things had started to change um but this was i i think even five years ago no that uh the this wouldn't have happened as as this wouldn't have, have come off as well as it did for, for you guys, um, just having been in, in, in Beverly going back to the, to the late 90s here. Um, it, <clears throat> as I said, uh, folks looking for, for other options, it has, it, it's always, you know, you, you provide an option and, 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 it's, and it's solid and it's, it's quality. Um, you're going to have a, a very um, uh, dedicated following. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 10 years ago, yeah, I, I think so, but it, it it wasn't quite the right time. Um, a couple of years later, yes, I, and it was right around the time when the Illinois legislature changed some laws, and it made it easier for folks uh, with a standalone brewery to get uh, to get into the market. And so, um, I, I think that it's it's been inevitable that that everything that people have experienced in and around Chicago, especially the North Side, has just been waiting to happen out here on the South Side. And I I. It's moving in the direction that is incredibly positive, but there's still so much potential for the South Side yeah. that hasn't been realized yet, um, to, to my mind. Um, it's not, I, I think one, and don't mean to go too deep into the, into the weeds here, but um, I, like weeds. I, I, I think They're that um, you like weed? the, the concentration, no, oh. are we talking weed beer now? <laughs> uh, the concentration of population is not quite, in the in the mode of transportation, uh, you don't. I don't think you see as much cab rides or Uber out here as you do on the north side. There's not as much mobility, and, and at least maybe things have changed in the last couple of years here. But further out in Lansing, it's um, and when I say here, I'm talking Beverly, open outcry uh, in Lansing. You know, it's it's folks that live out in that area. Um, we don't see we we'll see a lot of regulars come in and and um, every day uh, and and every week at the same time. It's 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 like clockwork, and I'm sure it's the same here. Uh, that um, I what's my point? Um, <laughs> Who needs bring, me, bring me back, John. We've been. <laughs> I think your I think your point. I think your point was. We're going to edit that out, right? Here he goes thinking again. We're going to edit no, that out. Nope. No, we are not. No, we <laughs> we have had an anniversary Belgium sour, so I'm a little fuzzy in the brain. No, but I think <laughs> no. your I think your point was it's I asked I asked the question yeah. I asked the question would this have Wrong. happened five years ago? And I think what you're saying is p- perhaps five years ago, ten years ago, 
No, which lent itself to the original question, why are we having this conversation in the context like beer culture doesn't exist on here because it clearly does. It's pretty crazy. Pretty right. rampant. Well, what was so cool about that Rainbow Cone event, too, is I remember looking on social media afterwards just to kind of, because I'm one of those brewers who I have a love-hate relationship with Untapped. I love it when I get good reviews, and I think it's the stupidest app in the world when you see someone. Hit, but, but anyway, I social, appreciate you acknowledging that. But because yeah, I mean, it was that's something just, that I was going to ask yeah, you but uh, like, earlier. But, but yeah. this wasn't even related to Untapped. But it was right. a spear Twitter. I, I'm obsessively checking when we do an event just to kind of see what people thought. And the the Mark, one you don't do that. I don't think I. I you have don't to, give I, no I always, fuck. I always, Mark, I always do you have, have a do you have a smartphone, right? What you have flip, a smartphone? Flip a flip phone. <laughs> a flip. Take take a look, look at, at the, the cover. <laughs> this thing, he flips right? that case when he needs to see something. So. Um, uh, go ahead with yeah. the, with, with no, the untapped because no, I because I'm actually on. Well, it, it wasn't even an untapped thing. It was on Twitter and I I thought that that event from everybody I talked to said that it was such an event like that was so neighborhood specific it was and i someone someone came out and said that like this is the most beverly thing <laughs> i saw that <laughs> next yeah, to I getting kicked that. out of the brew bakers at 2 a.m yeah and i'm just like that is that. that is like that's the kind of event you want to have two o'clock yeah. early brew bakers where, yeah, yeah, super it's like, dope. yeah and i like and granted i didn't grow up down here I, but i talked to i read that to like some of the other co-workers and i'd be like Oh my God, that's totally like that. It was so super bad. Hundred percent accurate. Do you yeah. deserve? Do you need brew brew baker context or no? Oh yeah, go ahead. Give okay, it to well, me. I'll let Mark explain that. <laughs> uh, brew Bakers, I believe, has still has the only four AM license on Western Avenue. That's correct. And um, <laughs> I think that we've all tested it just to make sure that it's that it's true that they are open till four. I tested it a couple of weeks ago. It's still true. You did. I did, unfortunately, <laughs> and and I should not be broadcasting that to the uh, to the. Um, the internet, Your wife is like right yes, there. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah. So, but yes, the context is that that's where you that's where you go when every other place is closed, right? Yeah. And you're not ready for breakfast yet. They do, that, they, do, they do not serve uh, crap beer there. Oh no! Are there at least BBRs there for the hipsters? Or? I think there are. Okay, I was gonna say maybe they don't allow hipsters. Mm. But Mark, uh, if, if we're not supposed to be using craft, the term craft beer, what do you okay. want? What yeah, do you want okay. us to use? What do no, we say? We just, he just dies a little inside just every time we a say. Should we say? <laughs> should we say microbreweries? Micro, <laughs> say that microbreweries. You call it whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> just call it whatever you want. Straight baller ass breweries. Yeah. That's what, that's more south side to me. Um, let me let me make this about me because uh, I like to do that. So we two subjects came up, and I, I didn't want to jump in on you guys because you guys were flowing so nicely. But two subjects came up in the the the, the recent conversations here: uh, sours and the difficulty sometimes of the transition. My wife, I told you guys off mic, you know, fourteen year kindergarten veteran uh, teacher, you know, she got into craft beer because of Hailstorm's first year anniversary sour. Um, weird, weird, but. But now, now she's now she's transitioned all the way to like give me the biggest barrel aged stout you got, you know, like that. That's that's kind of where she's at at this point. But it's very unique. Like you, you talked about, you know, like what we had here in your fifth anniversary sour versus a fruited sour, you know, like versus mm-hmm. like I mean, I know I, I know this has some fruit components to it, but versus that first anniversary hailstorm sour, which is like boysenberry, raspberry, blueberry type thing, you sure. know. It was a nice gateway. Like yeah. That, that it's something else. And then and along those lines, 
Brandon was actually going to join us tonight. He had some things come up that he couldn't he couldn't sit down with us tonight for the Southside conversation. But uh, another conversation piece that came up in that was um, these beers that kind of you know these people that they get used to it. they I drink this beer and this is what I drink and then yeah. I come into yours because for some reason I was forced either to come in here or for some mm-hmm. reason you know whatever it was that brought him into one of these craft or micro or small breweries you know local breweries and they they want that thing I feel like Hailstorm stumbled on to Southside Irish Red and that was like my first kick in the face to like a beer that was shaped around what you know you guys are more familiar with than I Southside um, and that beer has taken off for them in the last four or five years that so successfully they could have never predicted. Yeah. So what do you guys see that? Like, do you guys have that beer too? I mean, is there a beer like that? I mean, I know there's like an Irish red, there's an Irish culture down here on the South side. Do you guys have like a, a beer like that? That's kind of like, it's, this is my local beer. Like this is the, the ones that my locals like. Anybody? I do. I think everybody has those those beers. For us at Horse Thief, it's probably, um, you know, the, some of the original, like the, the, the guys that have been there since day one, they know um, like Kitchen Sink, which is one of our, our pale ales that was the lure behind that is it was uh, one of Neil's old homebrew recipes that that he, uh, he brewed back in the day. And then just we've gradually kind of built that up and tweaked it and just develop that and it's one of those things where if there's any day where we're, we're out of kitchen sink you know there's you know anarchy and you know rebellion torches and um but at the same time too i think it i would say your colch too the, well I mean, that your col- the your colch, colch is- well which we're we're working on we actually uh, i brought a little bit of a lager that we're that we're working on trying to trying to get out too but uh but yeah i mean i think you need those you need those approachable beers that you get people in the door and you get, you get people trying, th- trying things. And, and it's not just the South side. It's not just, I mean, I worked at a, the beer cellar out in Glen Ellen for a number, a couple of years, you know, while I was getting my feet wet over here at, at horse thief. They and will be on the podcast on Sunday. Oh yeah. 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 Dave. Yes. Okay. Yes. Nice. Me and Dave are having a 9am meeting. We're oh, there you go. Breakfast beers. And we're going to talk. Perfect. Some beer. Yeah. Well, tell Dave, tell Dave Holly. I said preview. Hi. Uh, but at, at any rate, um, just to there, I mean, you, you have your gateway beers and then you can say, well, if you like this, you should try this. And if you like, try like this and you, test people's boundaries you i mean you could do that with any style and you know i've had people who said that they don't like ipas and they're like well what don't you like they're too bitter be like well good news for Which you ipa were you drinking because like? hazy ipas came out and you know they're they're the ipa for people who didn't think they liked ipas that was the the big thing they're mm-hmm. they're low bitterness yep. they're a little bit sweeter they're juicier and I've had people who who've come into horse thief and just say i don't like i don't like hoppy beers but I love this, whatever this was in our flight. And it's, it's our hazy. And it's like, a lot, that's a big one. There's a lot. I don't like hoppy beers. Yeah. A there's, big, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, you have a lot of conversations with more traditional brewers and their feelings towards hazy IPAs. Uh, and a lot of that, we talked about this the last time we spoke in that podcast, traditionalist brewers versus pretend nobody remembers more progressive brewers. And, and, um, you know, I always find myself that there's that tension for me between, progressive uh you know following beer trends and progressive beer styles versus trying to be honest and uh, honest to beer styles and the traditionalist and beer styles but you cannot deny the fact that something like a hazy ipa and what that's done for um introducing folks to craft that otherwise have now we're talking about progressive 
progressive progressive beer styles on the on the south side the hazy ipa has been very good for us so for the 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 consumer that hasn't really taken a craft yet and is still kind of tiptoeing into it the hazy ipa for us has been an an incredible gateway opportunity so it's either the, the cream ale or the hazy ipa for all the reasons that matt just said it's it's not aggressively bitter uh that juiciness and that and, and a lot of those citrus and tropical notes in it it dispels a lot of uh, people's preconceptions about what an ipa is going to be it does yeah. because there's so much uh, there, there's so many there's so much more going on in the beer you were saying juiciness and um i i Absolutely, I, I've seen the same thing. And, and it, at one trick, we held out on doing. <clears throat> uh, we held out on doing uh, a New England style for Double the longest dry hop, time. We talked. We talked about this a couple of months ago. And Mark. And Mark is one of those guys that uh, I. Th- I think um, you lean towards traditional styles sometimes don't you agree aggressively bitter brewery for sure but we talked about this and we talked about the benefits of a hazy ipa on the south side and how that seems to be a really good gateway opportunity for some of the folks that haven't um and and i know a lot there might be some traditional brewers that are listening to this that are cringing right now but um supposed to be clear god damn it but but (laughs) but it is but but it's a beer style that's a great opportunity to introduce folks to craft especially down here on the south side of the city that otherwise haven't uh, that are late adopters to, to to some of these some of these styles for sure. And just just like you guys are seeing um, a, a lot of movement with your hazy IPAs, same thing at One Trick. Um, like I was saying, we we held off on doing or uh, brewing that style for the longest time. Why? I I, I just felt it was going to be like the black IPA from six years ago. That I love this, that this comparison. Is, this is I've heard we've that. got a black IPA on right now, and, and it's it delicious. No, no, that's the no, uh, the I've black socks, right? Black socks. Yeah. Black socks that's I've a great beer. I had I had it last week. The Cascadian uh, right. black Cascadian IPA. dark ale. Yes. And they were like, oh yeah, this was like a big thing. It became a category. Yeah, you know, the irony, and then the irony of that statement though, your black IPA. Um, so dope, Kisber. <laughs> the Kisber Felver mm-hmm. is one of my favorite black IPAs I've ever <laughs> Isn't that had. Great? So th- it was ironic. Is it one of your favorite that black IPAs that. or one of your favorite beers? So, okay. so I I owned a I owned a, a a tavern on this street before we opened up this brewery that that lent itself to open up this brewery. But anyway, one of my best one of our best selling beers in. That in that bar was Kisber Felver. I mean, that was that was a. It was a crossover between the Southside Irish Stout mm-hmm. and um, and an IPA. You it in middle it, ground. Boom. And it also had it, it packs a little bit of a wallop. Also, I so think it's, it's I think it's one what of. What do the you mean by that? On percentage wise, or it, just it, it, like punch in the face? Usually between seven seven point two to seven point four. Yeah. Uh, it's always going to be about ninety IBUs, but it's just, just the, pretty burly the, for the you know, culture. Probably at the time you, you were making need to it, go. like yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Uh, did we just lose our train of thought? I feel like we, as a group, we lost. I, I think our train we, of we, we were talking a little bit about have you have you found beers that your area has really uh, clung on to and oh right you guys and, were and so uh, you. We, same Seemed thing easy. same thing with um, uh, kitchen sink and mm-hmm. um, 18th rebellion uh, at one trick uh, we we can't keep a beer called Stormcat in stock. It's a uh, it's an, an American amber, but meant to be hoppy and not not malt driven. Um, and right now, it's in the tank, and I've got people asking as I was leaving, "When's it coming back on tap?" And the same thing with a beer called Warlander. It's a triple IPA, ten percent, hundred IBUs. Warlander. Warlander. Whoa. And 
um, you will start seeing those in cans later on this summer. Stop it. That's nice. the that's the um, you know. I love chicken. to try a triple IPA because you know it, it, some people say like, it was all made up thing. It's triple. It's a strong. It, it's, it's a strong ale if, if you yeah. if you put it in the proper category. But at some point, I think that there's going to be another category created mm-hmm. by GABF that that um, is it GABF? No, not GABF. Uh, uh, the BJCP. Whatever BJCP. you want to call it. I don't care. BJCP. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've the had them. I've had them from Cotillion other people. Society. Like yeah. I've had good ones. I've had overly yeah. sweet ones. I've had hazy ones. I've had you know. I, I, we should mention. We should mention one. what we're drinking right now because well, this is a World well, Beer Cup. I was, I was waiting for it to get it. Well, it's no, a way I, around. I, I, this well, is well, a World wait, Beer Cup gold medal. Before you go winner, there, John, I don't have that in my glass yet, and I would like to give some love because we talked about beers that are helped transition this lager from One Trick Pony. If people if people are not drinking that at your bar, it's that's got to be a perfect transitional. It's called The Wall, um, and it is our <laughs> homage to Modelo, um, a, a, a Mexican lager, and uh, a percentage of the proceeds go to um, a legal defense fund along the southern border, uh, which is uh, set up to defend immigrants that are fleeing their... They're basically fleeing Central America, making their way through Mexico, making their way to the U.S. border. And so I, I felt about a year ago that um, the first time we did the beer that there was something about it that I felt should be commemorative. And uh, the guy that does my open mic night right now, he and I had a late night conversation. Oh, Jesus. And, um, That's a terrible idea. And uh, he just... <laughs> Not I, with Pete, I, right? I, Is that who you're talking about? It, it was, talking? No, it wasn't with Pete. Okay. It was with a, a different open Used mic night do. guy. Okay. And um, I threw out a bunch of distasteful uh, names, and he threw out the wall. And it, it really is, it, to me, a, a, um, people know, at least today, 10 years from now, the wall is going to be a, a phrase that doesn't resonate as much as it does today. And so Pink today, Floyd? God, I hope not. I, I've had, I, right. I hope that times do change, but yeah, I, I the think that will keep it alive. I, I, I think that at least with this beer, the, the idea was that there is, um, some recognition that, uh, in society there's, there's other things that are more important than beer, um, societally. And so I, I, I felt that, with this beer, I could do something a little bit good with it besides just get people to be really happy. So, so Mark, Mark's not going to tell you this because he's no, a, he's a say, modest fellow. Hey, but Mark, he, he is actually, why the hell would you care about a wall? He actually is an immigration lawyer. This is this is part of that really interesting narrative about where brewers came from in previous lives. And Mark, Mark, Mark you're still a practicing immigration it's lawyer. It's not a previous it? life. It's still a it's, you're still it's doing my current life. life. Yes, yeah, okay. it's just regular life. No, it's, 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 it's something that I've found, and, and, and I'm sure anybody who's listened to multiple episodes has found, like, whoa, these guys are not uh, just your run-of-the-mill schmucks that like beer. I mean, these people come from backgrounds that you you wouldn't believe. Um, but, like, uh, you, you talked, we talked a little off-mic before we started because we were all having a good time before we started rolling about uh, about where you came from uh, and... No. Nope. Talking about being an immigration lawyer, I mean, again, not not the first lawyer I've been on the podcast, but you're currently practicing as an immigration lawyer, and that would really help tie the story together as to why you care about this right. fund. You know, I kind of left that out. I won't. I'm a hey, the other the other strand of that same thought process that I get a lot and that I've learned over these forty plus episodes is humility comes pretty pretty big in, in this industry there's not a, guy, a lot of guys that want to talk about themselves so i've come to understand it's not something that i like to push be like hey talk more about how awesome you are <laughs> you know 
A lot of guys like me are going to come up to you and be like, dude, had your beer? Fucking good. It's my favorite beer. I wish I could have it in my fridge every day. And I'm sure that's like, feels good. At the same time, you're like, okay, I just want to go about my life right now. So... Talk to John. Um, it, as soon as people start saying or telling you how good you are, then you you realize very quickly when you go home that no, you're just a dad and you're just a yeah. you're like everybody else. He doesn't have to go home. He can just look through this little window right here. That is true. That is true. He could probably yeah, see us. He could see his his, his castle here. from here. Kids everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, we're we're being distracted. We have a lot of windows around us. There's yeah. children yeah, everywhere. My, that, John's those were, kids. Those were so this brewery and there are children running around. Those were my kids. They were. Those ones over there were yours too. Two of those. We got like nine of them. There's like four over here. There's a couple over here. Oh, look at who's that guy? Who's that guy? One of my neighbors, actually. Oh boy, buy more beer. Johnny has to pay for braces. He is. He is my daughter's (laughs) soccer coach. He's got the. He's got the full Tiger Woods on. He's got the Nike hat. Coach Dave. Silky looking shirt. Hi, Coach Dave. Um, Again. The fact that we're even having that conversation and you're like, there's my kids over there and there's the coach and the soccer coach, blah, blah, blah. Like it ties into the whole South premise side. behind what we're talking about. It's, it's more of a community than most places, right? I mean, I, that's how I felt when we talked about it earlier, like three, four months ago when we had the, the podcast. It was kind of like, it's just more community. I mean, yeah. Uh, this is a conversation I have a lot of passion for. And we talked about this in the last uh, podcast, but... Um, I really don't think that there's many neighbor. You guys feel free to chime in on this because I'm going to repeat what no, I said. I'm, I'm, I said no, in the last podcast. I'm going to watch you stumble through this. Yeah, and they just don't leave know what you, you said in the well, last well, podcast. Well, I'm choosing my so words very carefully them. because I feel strong. So I don't think there's many neighborhoods like this, not only in this city, but in this country, where, like I said in the last podcast, everyone watches each other's kids. Everyone knows everyone else on the block. Everyone still is walking up and down the street asking everybody how things are going, what's going on, how's your day. Everyone supports small businesses in this neighborhood. Everyone knows who everybody is. Everyone uh, is engaged in the school system. Uh, everybody looks out for everybody's property, their children. Uh, it's that type of place, right? And um, I bought into that, and it was one of the reasons. My, my wife is originally from this specific neighborhood. I was not, but it, I bought into it. Uh, we've been here long enough where I see the benefits of raising a family in this neighborhood. And um, it's become a huge part of who I am and uh, who, what this brewery is. We, we have turned this, and Horse Thief's done the exact same thing. They've turned mm-hmm. this into a community a community brewery, a community tap room. We've done the same. And because of that, the support we receive from this community, both Horse Thief and us, um, it, it's incredible. I can't, I can't describe it. And... Um, I take that I take that very seriously. I, I almost take it as a responsibility that we need to serve the folks in this community. And, and um, you know, whether it sounds cheesy or not, I believe it. I, I buy into it. it. It's become part of uh, part of our branding. It's become mm-hmm. part of the way we engage social media, and that's only because it's genuine and it's how I actually feel. So, um, we had the same conversation on the last podcast. No, that's no, how, that's, that's how I feel. You're, you're too and, worried thinking about what you talked about the last time and not repeating yourself. This is a new, this is a new standalone thought process here. So, yeah. so don't be afraid to go into that. But, but for me, what what drew me to the place and uh, open outcry and and still currently does just nowadays. I, you know, I'm a social media person. I'm I'm doing a podcast, so I pretty much have to live on social media just to get any traction with what I'm doing here. I mean, this is a 
a free thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting money. I'm not, there's no sponsors, all that stuff. I'm finding places I believe in and places that I'm attracted to. And for you specifically, I saw you uh, again, Kevin Dembski, uh, creative 64, 64 creative, Cre- 64 yeah. creative, like yeah, that. very He's talented artist, yeah. everything from, uh, you know, the logo on the truck that you're driving around local guy, guy that's, you know, part of the culture, but the community thing, like, I remember early days when I first found Open Outcry, stuff on your social media with uh, Beverly Arts Center, like that, just stuff that you don't always see everywhere. So, I mean, I guess for the three of you guys, it's like, how do you entrench yourself into a community organically without, like, yeah. like shit, we, we're paying rent here, we better fucking participate, like, you know? It's got to be genuine. Well, I and, mean, I, it, and, it has and here, to be, speaking of that being right. genuine, you have to mean it, how, right? how good are you guys? Because I'm going to go pee. And I'm going to let you guys take control. I don't give a shit what you say, what you do. But if you want to follow that thread that I just dropped you, go ahead. If not, do your own thing. You need to assign ownership to this, and maybe you should assign it to to the elder of the group. No, no, I don't care. Who can moderate the conversation. You're running this shit right now, Mark. So, John, tell us about uh, the shirt you're wearing right now. (laughs) No, I think Matt was going to say something um, about it. I I was going to say that I think when it comes to having – a pl- having a brewery uh, that's where you have people buy in, at least where you know John, you and I are um, at, at Horse Thief and Open I Cry, is we're we're in smack in the middle of, of the neighborhood where I know you live. How 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 many blocks away? Three three blocks away. Dave, our head brewer. What's lives, the address? Our, <laughs> Dave, our head brewer, <laughs> lives around the corner. Neil lives a few blocks away. I you know. And for me coming in uh, as kind of a relative outsider, I drive 45 minutes uh, to get to the brewery every day. But like this is seeing, so seeing this is different from any other, a lot of the other breweries I have out by me. I live out in Lombard. So I'm near like Noon Whistle, um, Moore, which is relatively newer opening, Dry City and and, um, and places like that. But um, but here, like I, I, I got to say that having a brew pub and being able to serve food makes it a more of a family event here where you know that that's one of the things that's always been the uh, challenge is like okay what makes what makes a brewery family friendly is it do you have little board games do you have a changing station in the bathrooms do you or is it somewhere where people can come in and hang out have some food because i mean that's ultimately that's what's going to be like you're not going to have a family of beer drinkers that come in or a group of beer drinkers every single time so does that mean offering other things besides beer does that mean offering you know having soda having having a food menu having right. a kids menu like, those are some of the the things i think it makes horse thief unique in, and in a sense. I, I having been at this now for six years and having a taproom only uh, besides the tap room, we've distributed, uh, not packaging, but, but uh, draft beer uh, for a number of years. Uh, that is a direction in which we're moving, in, in direction being having some food, food beyond what we can serve in-house right now, because what we're able to do is, is minimal without having a commercial kitchen. We're, we're able to heat up frozen pizzas, which are damn good. Um, but doesn't love a frozen but, pizza? But beyond, and, and we we make our own frozen pizzas at a local restaurant. And so it's, we've got our hands in that, so to speak. Nice. But beyond that, they, there's, they, they are good. I brought, I brought my daughter down to have pizzas at one trick point. They're good. And well, it, it, it takes time. It takes effort. And then ultimately it takes a little bit of common sense to realize, you know what? There's, there's more, 
there's more that you can offer as, as a brewery than simply beer. Uh, because at least it, out, out in Lansing, uh, the one thing that I could tell you, John, that we don't, it, uh, the one thing we don't have in Lansing is what, I, what I've seen every time I've been into Open Outcry, and that is it, it, it's what I knew the neighborhood had in it is families coming out to, to eat here instead of back in the late 90s having to go out to Orland Park to find some place yeah. um, that was attractive for us and the kids. Have mm-hmm. you been Have you been paying attention to this conversation I'm seeing more on Twitter than anywhere else? The, about, the kids in the taproom, your kids, Twitter Yeah, argue, kids argument. in taproms. This is a very... Re- you, you're on IBU too much. That's your problem. Are you on I, you're on is IBU, IBU talking about this Somebody, issue? I think one of the guys posted, like, I, some, he posted something real quick, like, like I hate kids in tap rooms or something. Go, like you know, yeah. basically, like, like just like fight. pulled like, pulled the pin and like, threw it at the yeah, beer right, Twitter. Right. Like, so yeah. first of all, fuck kids. First, <laughs> you know, first of all, shout shout out to the IBU guys. Yeah, Those guys the, have been incredibly supportive of this place. They're in here all the time. Yeah, and they're fucking and nuts. Lo- dude, don't get me guys. wrong. They're great guys. They're, they're don't great get me guys. wrong. They're nuts, but they drink nothing but whales. But this idea of kids in tap rooms and young families bringing brewery tap rooms becoming a a place where his finger died. No, it's it's stuck. <laughs> what did you do? Clamps and gaskets, man. I'm old. Oh, okay. Clamps yeah. and gaskets. That's, 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 that's your next double on. dry hopped IPA. Clamps and gaskets. That's, sorry, that's, do sorry. it. That's Back creepy. To, sorry, John. A, we yes, just we a, just totally interrupted you. That's what this podcast. Mark Kokel's hand is cramping up at this <laughs> table. It's re- that's really weird. <laughs> Send your uh, love letters right. and your uh, your get well soon cards. He's out of commission. This will be the injury. But this is a really interesting. I was going to say the other guy's got a just got his arm out of a sling. This is an interesting conversation taking place. Most I see it mostly on Twitter. Kids in tap rooms, Dude, and families I, how, in tap rooms. Do we all have kids here? Soon, yes. yes. Yours on the way. Do, do in August. Yeah. Mine, yeah. mine are the age that the, the oldest is able to work, and she's a bartender. And she's in uh, tap rooms all the, the time. The, the, the bottom line is, it, it, John. Here you've got food, and so you've got uh, an um, an obvious reason to bring the family in. We don't, uh, and so what I'm what I see in Lansing, going back to the the folks from. The western suburbs, folks from the north side of Chicago coming back from a weekend in Michigan. Uh, they're stopping in, asking us, hey, are we also dog friendly? Um, no, one if, no one, one nobody asks if mm-hmm. we're, asks if we're cat friendly. Cat friendly? <laughs> and the answer would be... No, we'll throw them, we'll throw them in the middle of Western <laughs> no. Avenue. No, we love cats here on this from, podcast. From 50, from 50 feet us. up. <laughs> uh, but it's a good thing Dave's not on this. Don't make me with, transition into John's rooftop. No. <laughs> Uh, but no, but but, it, but in terms of having kids in the tap room, uh, it it it's for me and uh, where we are, we don't have a brew pub. We have to be accommodating, and I have no problem being accommodating because these are folks that have sought us out um, that would otherwise not stop in. And when they call and ask, "Are we kid friendly?" Uh, it means they want to stop, and so there's there's an obvious incentive to be as accommodating as possible. Plus. Going, I remember dragging my kids around back in the early 2000s, and um, yeah, they uh, I did a lot, lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches got me through the early 2000s. I, I did the same. My kids aren't as old as as, as Mark's, but um, my wife and I travel a lot for beer, and we we drag these kids into tap rooms. So, so I think this is part same of same way, a, man. This is a this is a macro trend that um, you know. A, a macro cultural trend whether you like it or not that you know starting with millennials generally uh young families that are in where the parents are in their 20s early 30s this is where th- this is the new 
uh, I don't know, Chili's or the new... No, no, not Chili's. I'm thinking of like my parents used to take me to Catcher's, you know, when I was a kid. A little local bar that served one-pound hamburgers and they had pinball machines and served sex on the beaches, you know. like <laughs> That was the first time I read the word sex, What's I sex think, when I, was a chi- when I was a child, you know. Well, I, th- they take you to these places on a Friday and Saturday night and they drink all night and they give you some quarters and they say, hey, go play... Go play the video games or the pinball machine, whatever it is, and you know that this is the new era of that. And to me, full hundred percent supporter. I'm biased. I have two children, five and seven. My kids grew up at Hailstorm. You, I played open mics there. I played shows there. You know, opening for my friend Pete Stillwell, who used to, you know, work uh, work uh, Wednesdays at One Trick. So my kids were at at Hailstorm once a week, and. They, to this day, you know, like, oh, can we go to Hailstorm? Like, they love going there. Yeah. We bring Legos and... Uh, I, I don't really have a lot of passion for this conversation because it is a macro trend that whether you like it or not, it's happening. And I do empathize and understand the folks without kids for that sure. are looking, yep. to, to, looking to try some beer and not listen to, listening to Junior screaming in yeah. the background. I get it. I get Remember, it. Right? I used to be oh. cool, too. I used to be super cool. But <laughs> if, you're running a, if you're running a brew pub, especially... In a neighborhood like this, neighborhood, yeah, right? you need to accommodate families, and it's just where th- look. This is a good problem to have. This is where people people want to hang out in these spaces, right? So, um, I, I think we should all be grateful for the fact that families are looking for places to hang out, and they've chosen breweries as a place to to, to spend time and, and, and to bring their kids. So, uh, I, I do empathize and understand with the folks that don't have kids that. Maybe you're looking for a night out and they don't want to listen to the wine, the, you know, listen to the kids in the for background. Sure. I've, but I've had to take my kids out of places where I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. You're not going to disturb the patrons here. Because well, you do have being, to rely you know, to a certain extent on, yeah. on good parenting, I right. suppose, to make <laughs> sure that it doesn't kid, always happen. Which doesn't I mean, always happen. I, I was I was on Facebook this morning, uh, you know, at 1130, tw- you know, 12 o'clock a noon whistle released a new gummy today in Lombard, uh, you know, and uh, and there was. A picture of a guy with his kid on his lap, you know, doing his thing while he's trying out the new gummy. Like it's the world now. This that was me, happening. man. Like bullshit. Like, he was like five eight and had a lot of hair. There's no way it was. It wasn't after true. my after I remember um, the first place we went after um, after my daughter was born. We we drove like I needed to just get out. We drove out to Grand Rapids. We drove out to Grand Rapids. We spent the night in Grand Rapids. And we went to Founders. I mean, that was one of the first things we did after we decided it was safe to leave a house with a newborn baby. We went now, to does Target, that make me, John. You had a lot bigger vision than we did. Does that make <laughs> we me just a went bad, to Target. Does was, that make me a bad like, parent? Can we do this? Grand Rapids this? is a nice destination. Yeah. It's a nice mm-hmm. destination to have an array of, of beers that you can't get here. And yeah, It's a jam right there. Yeah. The, the Grand Rapids area. But There's K- a lot of places in Michigan. Kmart was my first stop after the yeah. children were born. Target, man. Um, <laughs> That's where we were at. That's an era thing. Uh, <laughs> and and it, did you at least strap them into their car seats, John? I did. <laughs> These were just rolling Dude, around in the back. In seat. the trunk. See, is a, is a brewery, is a, is a, is a tap room that doesn't uh, have a full menu? Are you seeing a lot of families come in your, your place as well? Once a week. Uh, once a week we will have. I love par- your father-in-law pa- par- already. Parents come in. Parents come in with two or three, uh, two or three little ones, and so it's or even jeez, uh, there's been a couple that have come in with um, six months old, you know, or six month olds. Oh, I've seen it. I've so, seen it, so man. on a just in a tap room only setting, yes, I'm seeing the same thing, and it again very consistent on the south side with what I've always thought around here is just quality options, and people will will. We'll trek out there. Mm-hmm. 
Let me do a side note. You can pay me later, but I went to piss in your bathroom while you guys were talking. Somebody just left your faucet on. Really? I'm just saying that somebody mm. left your faucet on, so you owe me because I shut the water off. I saved you on your water bill. Thank you just for that. Just saying. Thank That's you. That's all. Thanks. Southside. See? I appreciate I'm a that. Southside guy, but yeah, honorary. You. Honorary. I'm just trying to look out for you, John. Thank you. <laughs> but no, that, that conversation, you know, when you get deep into the, in, like we talked about getting into the weeds about it, you know, like you said, I, John, I, you, you feel for the people who maybe start those posts that are like, I don't have kids, you know, but any parent will be like, just wait till you have fucking so, kids. So, right, you know, and like, actually, let me ask you this. I mean, I've, at least at one trick, we, when families are coming through, whether it's we are, you know, whether they've already stopped at Burger King uh, as they've headed toward our, our spot or not, I, I don't know, but... When I've had families come through, it is always the kids are enamored with the game room, with the dartboard, with the shuffleboard, with something, with the games that we have for the card. Chalkboard. Uh, something. Put a chalkboard I, I suppose it's know, better that than the barrels. Yeah, right. It's, um, <laughs> That's right. Just sucking I mean, it, on the bungholes. I, I oh, if only. Oh, Jesus. Wait, you don't mix bungholes and children. Wait, what? In the <laughs> Are you sure you have kids? Uh, yeah, no, no. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, right, my, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> he quits. My, do- my daughter and I have played shuffleboard in your place for, um, I think the last time we were there was over an hour and a half. I, I think we, the, we had the, a great time The, doing the point it. being, at least what I'm seeing, and I'm not sure on, on the, the brew pub side, is that we, we don't, even if I was still 22 or 23 years old and just wanted to go and hang out with my girlfriend or hang out with the guys, uh, it's it's not a, a place that I'm going to feel out of place. Um, and kind of going back, I think, John, to what you said is that this is the quote-unquote um, um, Applebee's. There, there is Chili's, something Chili's. There is something to that um, that I hadn't really thought about before that I think that the, those restaurants, those chains will be around forever. Um but there are a lot of folks that I'm guessing that would go there for a basketball tournament out of town. You know, say you're in town for a night, you're staying overnight, your 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 child plays um, uh, for a uh, for a club basketball or baseball team, and instead of mom and dad saying, eh, "Okay, we'll go to Chili's," we Google you, the local brewery, right, 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 and yeah. why are people showing up at nine o'clock at night after the tournament games are done with? basketball uniforms on yep. because the culture has changed over you know, certainly the last five years and I, I'd argue that it, it goes back a little bit before then that um, things sort of take a generation to get through. Millennials have, have glommed on to, to better beer a lot quicker than I had originally thought they would. Wait, um, I, thought, I thought millennials were killing everything. They're not millennials. Millennials are supposed to be killing. They're for sure killing. I hear stories now. So I don't know who I was just talking. It might have been. um, It was John Bitterman. I just had a conversation with John Bitterman where he was. I was just thinking that when you were talking about Argus, I'm like, why are you not hiring John Bitterman to have your tours here at Open Outcry? We are actually talking to John Bitterman about doing a uh, a Southside Brewery historic presentation here. And I'll make sure you guys know about that because that would be a lot of fun. But. Uh, so John works with a lot of younger folks where he works, and he was. T- I was just talking to him last week about this. He said that there are kids now that he works with that 
where he works, he has some high school kids working with him, where they talk about the beer that they're bringing to high school parties now. (laughs) They were talking about one guy brought Hales, like, John was telling me that that the the three guys working for him, they were talking about what beer they brought to a party over the weekend. These are high school kids. Hailstorm, New England IPA. Yeah. Okay. Brandon sold it directly to them. (laughs) They walked into the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're never working with John Brand again. He just called us out. (laughs) Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Okay. And the other guy brought uh, Sam Adams. But, I mean. But still. But still, right? I mean, these kids. Not Ice House. Or I Red Dog, say, like, or Keystone, or either those kids spent thirty bucks to get, get like. Well, they're my parents. 30, did. Yeah, their yeah. parents spent that. You'll know soon. You'll oh, I know. <laughs> so, it's so insane. actually, I, I'm, I'm having this realization that when I was 17, I may have bought something called Nordic Wolf Light, <laughs> which was an import from Canada. What the fuck is that? I think he means <laughs> right, natural it, it, I ice. Don't, I don't think it really exists Nordic anymore. Wolf. Natty Ice. That's your new nickname. So you are the Nordic, Nordic wolf. wolf. Mark, the Nordic Wolf. <laughs> yeah. That's basically Jon Snow level right there. That's, <laughs> that's at the level. Damn, did that stall the conversation, really? Just a Nordic wolf? Nordic just, I mean, it stalled so, the conversation. So how are you doing in the high school yeah. community, John? Yeah. <laughs> how are, do, you, do, you find, do you find that your New England IPAs are going Lewis, over well? How is Lewis Winthrop selling? What are, what, what are they talking about amongst themselves in class What's, when they should be really studying Chicago history? What are the, uh, what are the untapped reviews for the high school community? <laughs> There's a special how section. Much, how many bottle caps? Those 20 and unders are yeah. they're really... Those demos are not. That's hitting. an untapped market. God, somebody, somebody's gonna get so mad when they hear this. We need, to, we need to move on from this. Conversation. Just for the record, Horse Thief Hollow does not in yeah. any way, shape, or form incur, uh, condone. Disclaimer for all three breweries. I think yeah. would be right here. But Neil, on a personal level, has no problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan. Big yeah. fan. You have a lot of editing to do. No, there will be no editing. That's oh, that's Jesus. not that's not par for the podcast. You say what you say, and it goes on the podcast. That is what people like, John. Just enjoy it. Okay. I mean, just look, look at look around. You know, you have you have the fucking garage doors open. I mean, there's this is a it's a neighborhood that the non Southside person would not think of when they think of Southside. You know, when they hear it, does that make sense? Yeah, like, I do. Um, the, the 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 national narrative about the Southside is what you hear on. Fox News and we're gonna send it the National Guard, presidential <laughs> tweets mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, right? I'm, there, are, there are some very True. real yep. problems uh, in Chicago and on the South Side and on the West Side, but it's not a fair representation of this city or the South and West Side in general. There are pockets of some very real, real bad things going on right now that require very real solutions. But very shallow pockets. The, I mean, they probably seem like very deep pockets to the people that are going through it, but, I mean, it's not it's not uh, the epidemic that it's portrayed to be well, uh, sure. you ask on most, a large scale. You ask most Southsiders, um, you ask most Southsiders whether or not they have an issue with what the national narrative is of the Southside, or even, like, what the perception of the Southside is on other uh other sides of the city and and it's it, it it bothers us right i mean it's not representative of the vast majority of the south side again i am not diminishing the areas and in the, the systemic issues on the south side of the city that have been pervasive for decades if not 
the last 50 to 100 years, all of it rooted in institutional racism and all these other type of things, social issues that, for whatever reason, we haven't been able to come, with, come to solutions with, right? That, that's real. But it's not representative of the entire south and west side of the city. And there's a lot of folks that carry a chip on their shoulder when you hear um, this national narrative of what happens down here. Because there are very... Most of these neighborhoods, they're hardworking people. They, there's a lot of good schools down here. Um, uh, there are places where people choose to raise their families. And I, for me personally, it living, I have the benefit of living in a really nice neighborhood on the south side. So, um, I, you know, you need to put my comments in context a little bit. I, I recognize that I don't live in some of these other areas in the south side that are uh, dealing with some challenges. But it's not... That narrative is not representative of the entire area, and I do think that that um, is bothersome, or it it it, it it's bothersome. It, it bothersome a lot of us down here because we don't think it's we don't think it's fair, and it also has an impact on the the, the socioeconomics of these neighborhoods. Right, we have a lot of great things going on in Western Avenue down here. We got great beer down here. We'll just and drive right up and down this street, and then I mean, directly where we're sitting. If you guys turn around and what me and John are looking at, look at this tap room. Well, I'll give you an example. It's there was a, there, we, there was a Facebook post uh, that somebody of influence made about of influence of influence. Oh, okay. Uh, that made about the South Side and what was you know what was going on. They made reference to the fact that Horse Thief and Open Outcry are, are making really good beer, right? And they had a ton of followers. And I just I, I don't know why I do this, but I was losing sleep over reading the comments on this post. And the comments were, you got to be careful going there because you're putting your life at risk. I'm I sure would I would advise bro. not driving down Western Avenue unless you're interested in bullets whizzing by your head. Right, this type, yeah. this type of stuff, right? And um, it's not, it's not accurate. It's, it's not, not accurate. F- it, it, it's not fair. Supremely uh, inaccurate. Yeah. And, oh, and it becomes yeah. self-perpetuating, right? I mean, there, there are, uh, there are many neighborhoods on the on the south side of the city that are amazing. Take a look at awesome Weiner. Part. Take a look at Weiner on the south side, forty seventh and Ashland. Um, my, my wife. Uh, my wife's grandmother used to own a hotel one block south of where they are, and it, it, it it's not an area where you would expect a brewery to be, but it's it's you know, things have changed on the south side. It's no longer what our you know our parents or our grandparents uh, told us it was like, and so pioneers, 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 you know. Like that. <laughs> But, but but again, I do think I do. I also don't want to come off as insensitive. There are very or, or living Dude, in a living in a bubble. I mean, there are very John, real though, issues. Sure. There yeah. are very real social and economic issues on the south side of Chicago, uh, and and gang issues and crime issues. Those really do exist. But it's not the it's not an accurate narr- national narrative of what the south side of Chicago is about. So I don't mm-hmm. want to diminish those problems or those issues. Right. But for the demographic that are listening to this podcast, like think about like th- this is not an, an area that you that you should be avoiding because like you have some sort of preconceived bias based on a national narrative. Like if you like great beer, this is this is a, this is an area for you. Um, I think a lot of people, and and I'd say the majority of my listeners would be 
thinking, all right, well, I'm going to go to uh, Hailstorm, Sound Growler, 350, and then soon Banging Gab will be open in that area. That That's an area that you need to expound on uh, if you're in the suburbs coming towards the city or if you're in that city area and you're expounding out towards the suburbs, like you guys are that, that this whole area between Horse Thief and Hailstorm and, and uh, One Trick and uh, there's so many other ones in this area that you can kind of add because we tend to be cluster. We like, you know, as, as beer geeks and beer nerds, whatever you want to call them, they like to do more than one in a day, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are seeing that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. We were just at this place, and now we're here, here in your tap room, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you've got a group of your friends that are, you know, if you got a Saturday to kill, and you can, I remember my, my friends and I, we did that, God, we probably did that, like, back in 2011 and hit up, like, I think, Very Rev, Pickens, <laughs> Goose, um, I'm trying to think who else, who, who else was down there, uh, Haymarket. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, but that, those were the kind of places you went. But, I mean, and I tell people now, and to kind of piggyback off of what John was saying, like, I grew up in the West Suburbs, and I was working at the beer cellar. And, you know, I tell people when I was, you know, bartending bar at beer cellar, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I brew over at Horse Thief. They're like, oh, where are you? And then tell them we're on the south side, 104th and Western. And we're like, oh, my God, is that, is that safe <laughs> down there? I'm like, and me, like, having worked here for two and a half years, I'm like, this is like as safe as, you know, anywhere else I've been out in the suburbs. Like, it's not like it caught me off guard. But again, your point, that's the kind of narrative that's not even a, not only a national narrative. That's the kind of idea that people have in the West suburbs, for example. But I think that to expand on that, though, we've got places that people can do like, hey, we're going to hit up four or five awesome breweries in just in this little, you know, really relatively close to one another. I mean, you've got, you know, just on Western Avenue here, you've got Horse Thief, Open Outcry, Blue Island, Beer Blue Island, which is technically Old Western Avenue. But I love Blue Island. Yep. Yeah, if you've if you're dealing for some mead, you got Wild Blossom, a little bit on just off of what 87th. Uh, or somewhere in there? Uh, there by the um, 90th and Claremont. Yeah. yeah. I, I just know I take 87th when it's I... It's the 91st Street Metro Station on the Rock Island yeah. line. I'll let you guys in on a little secret. I know you guys are deep in the industry, but when you zoom out a little bit for the, to a spot where I'm in, whereas I'm, I'm only in the industry because I'm talking to people like you, but... Uh, we don't mind traveling. We, you know, If you're making beer good enough and... For you guys, uh, I think, too, is as well, if you're talking about from city out, like places like Mars, like you know, Mars putting right. their tap room where they right. put it. Have you it. been there? It's amazing. It's, it's, an it's amazing beautiful. Time. I, I texted you that night. I was like, I was going to come in, but you weren't in here. So I was like, well, <laughs> Mars is closer. So we went to Mars because we hadn't been there yet because we were going to come eat here that night. They, yeah, they did an amazing job there. Dude, it's, it's great. Ed, Ed, they're, they're awesome over there. So so it was kind of, you know, it's, it's this beautiful, like, uh, out in and then in out like if i'm for me personally if i'm going where i'm at living and coming out uh to the city towards the city you guys are probably my last stop at open outcry whereas i'm like i'm gonna hit hailstorm maybe hailstorm sound growler and then i'll come out and there's these uh bottle shops and slashies and out so you can go to open bottle you can go to um crafted 1979 now i mean you got these great places that you can hit an interim where they got 12 taps on they're all the best local breweries 
And then I can get out here to the south side. Like it's it's just an incredible time for this area. I think, and I know I know it's expounding. I know people are opening every fucking time you blink your eyes. There's another brewery opening. I get that, uh, but there's some really well established places um, and places like you that are John are they're almost a year old now. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Uh, we're not yeah, even. We're, uh, July will be a week. July will be a year. Oh, a week. Wow. He said a week because mentally Jesus. it feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I, actually, I've got a question for everybody here. I think I, I kind of know where John is. My, my philosophy in opening was I don't really care what people are going to like. I'd like I, I'm going to open with six or eight taps of beers that I fucking brew and drink myself. And if I survive a year serving them at four bucks a pint, cool. Then... I think I was right, and maybe I'll be in it for a second year. And I don't sit on untapped. Um, I only if only when people get the description of the beer wrong, then I'm like, okay, you got to change that. Uh, and the same thing with beer advocate. There's there's just so much. I, I John, I'm not sure about you, but, but you know, for you guys, there's a certain l- limit on the number of hours in a day to be consumed by social media. And so maybe I'm, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority here. What, what, we, what we try to do is um, are, are beers that I know that folks that are coming in all the time really like, and we've got positive feedback, and it's consistent with every beer event. And so we haven't even talked about beer events, but beer events used to be six per year now it's six <laughs> per week per weekend <laughs> per weekend and and that's that's all across the board everybody in the chicagoland area knows that and every, the whole, whole state of illinois i don't know about the rest of the united states but um focusing in-house on what i know that we can sell and what i my perception of of what will sell outside has really driven us i have <clears throat> so i mean anyone listening to the podcast here if you haven't seen us on social media it's it's more because I'm old and have always thought that <laughs> curmudgeon, we're, right, curmudgeon-y, sort of troll under the bridge type guy. Um, that you don't have like a social media person, like yeah, you know, like hey, this is your responsibility, or is that all you? Everything that's posted is coming out of your phone or your laptop, or or a company in in New York that buys my URL no. and all of a sudden no. sends oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a whole under. different story. Yeah. Uh, no, it 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 just. Um, Again, uh, we're, we're a little bit different out in Lansing. It, it's more, it, it's more, it's very minimalistic. What What is the least amount um, to be able, what's the least amount that we have to do to make sure that everyone is is wowed by everything that we do do in, in, our, in, our, limited, in, in our limited time? Again, I'm, John, I think that you are probably 75 to 80% here. 20% maybe in the day job. And so I'm still struggling with that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, uh, I'm like horse thief is, is my main job is my main, my, my main gig. Jam. Yeah, that's, that's I'm, I'm officially as of this past year, I'm, I'm full time there. And, uh, obviously as I've been recovering from surgery, I've been, you know, a little bit more limited in my, Surgery uh, on what? <laughs> yeah, I had uh, so uh, back in John. You can go talk to him if you want. So back in uh, 
back in like January, February, you know, when my wife and I had found out we were expecting, um, due in August and, uh, I'm like, well, my shoulder's been bugging me for a while and I should probably go get it, probably go get it looked at. Cause if I, you know, if I need to have PT, uh, I could get it like, you know, get that knocked out of the way and be, be good by the time the, the baby comes. And then went to the orthopedic and found out I had a torn labrum and a torn rotator cuff and went under the knife in April. So I, I went from brewing, you know, probably the majority of I, I probably the, the vast majority of the beer that we've been putting out. Uh, uh, Dave, you know, has a, has a day job he's our head brewer and he's been, he would come in at nights and help me with transfers and, and things like that. And he would work on the weekends. Uh, but Dave, I was, Dave is uh, Dave, Dave Williams, who I think is, Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Dave one of the founders of Chaos? Yes. Yeah. Dave. Dave. Uh, so Chaos Homebrew Club in the city. He's one of the founders of that. Uh, so I, I was kind of running most of the the day to day operations, like Monday through Friday, and then working festivals and whatnot on weekends. So as of April, I've been kind of sidelined to doing more of like the back office administrative, doing the brew logs and the accounting side of desk Jackie. Oh yeah. And then when we, we took on a new sellerman to Ethan, who's, uh, who's been coming along great. And, uh, we've been just working on training him. I've been, you know, working on, you know, writing our SOP and things like that. So just, uh, just little things like that, but, uh, so standard operating SOP procedure. Yeah. So, those corporate folks here. Yeah. Dude, hey, you the lawyer, think, the lawyer looked confused. Yeah, so. but no, no, he didn't. He didn't look. <laughs> you got to think. Continue. A lot of the guys that are listening to this are a bunch of guys that are stuck in their cars for like forty minutes. I'm a former so account- commuting. I'm a former a accountant, so I just got really excited operating. when you asked so, that SOP. So at any rate, um, yeah, I've been a little bit more. I've had a little bit more free time now. Um, more, what were we even? Torn labrum. Torn labrum. Yeah, so so here's, my, here's what it's yes, going to look like. Your fucked up so, shoulder, bro. In about 10 like, years, oh, wait, look at <laughs> it's going to be a complete so, reconstruction. Yeah. See, he's got the old school scars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, yes. you probably have like a so, nice new school so scar. I, I, I had the arthroscopic surgery, so it looks like I was... Uh, it is barely I, punctured. The you, you guys saw that video? I just saw it online when we were at, uh, or on the TV at, at Horsey for a little bit earlier. But the the, the uh, Seattle Mariners pitcher who got attacked by the bald eagle. When it flew onto the field, it Whoa, was supposed to be like I an did over not thing. See that. It like landed on his shoulder and stuff. So it looks like just like a bald eagle just took yeah. its talents and du- dug it into my shoulder. So how uh, did I miss that? Yeah, damn it. And apparently, it was the only Canadian player on the on the America. field that I know. And everyone's Fuck like, yeah. "That is the most American thing I've ever seen." <laughs> yep. um, Ted, Ted Nugent's that. writing a song. Oh my Fuck god, that right maple now, maple syrup sipping son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. I don't mean that. I love Canada. Go ahead. Yeah. But so at any rate, I've been um, I've been sidelined a little bit um, as far as like the brewing things go. Uh, but aside from that, what was our main? Mark asked two questions. One was the role of social media in selling right. beer in 2018. Second, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so the first was, the, uh, the to... second one was I think what was your philosophy in terms of how you want to approach brewing and what were you going to, what were you going to brew and, right. and to what extent to what extent are you are you influenced by what people yeah. want versus what you want to brew right? so i guess where i was going with that with the Thank social you. media part was i have a lot more time to spend on social media now and that's probably more a, a net negative because because i i do I, I obsess over the products we put out and um you know someone says one of our beers is too high carb. I go and immediately check and try it and be like, 
okay, I think it's okay. I think it's within range or someone, that you guy's know, a fucking moron. And it, you know, I think everybody gets those. I think everyone gets those like one star. I don't like stouts type of reviews. And you kind of have to just kind of just, okay, I'm just going to set that one. You got a there. one, you, you got a one star review for this beer we're drinking, which is a gold medal winner. Yeah, so, yeah, that beer is this, by the way. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm uh, this is, myself. the one we have is our uh, Beard of Because they thought one was the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number so one. This is our, our Beard of Allure. Uh, it's a Bel- uh, French and Belgian style Beard of Guard. Um, we brewed it for, uh, brought it back uh, for great, uh, to enter it for Great American Beer Fest back in October out in Denver. One silver there, and then we're like, all right, that was pretty cool. So we uh, decided to brew it again for World Beer Cup, and this time took gold. gold medal. And, uh, I, and I saw the review. Which is outstanding. Yeah, yeah, I read the re- when I saw the review. Was it, was it the one I that got, said it was stoutish? I got nauseous. <laughs> I, got, I got nauseous. Because it was thinking. darker than straw? In the, it, in it's the like review, an amber. The review was literally left the day after you won the gold at the World yeah. Beer Cup, and I got nauseous reading yeah. it when I saw I it. I mean, it, but, but part of that, too, you have to realize that everyone, like, Everyone's have has their own palate, and you know there may be some beer styles. I think I'm in the vast minority, if that is such a thing. Um, vast minority, where, sure. yeah, accurate. I'm coining that term, but yes. like I feel like um, there's there's a there's much a minority of I appreciate pretty much every single. There's not really any singular beer style that I just don't like. Um, you know, you, you I always hear hear like oh that's pretty good for a light beer or it's pretty good for a stout. Like you always has that like qualifier in there. Don't like sours. Um, yeah. I mean, too. it's, but it's like, I, I think I, I'm in the minority that I, I kind of feel like I really enjoy most, almost every single style of beer. So it, for, in some sense, it's difficult for me to see someone that says like, Oh, I don't like this, but like you have to realize, you know, there are some people that just don't like, a certain style of beer. Like my dad, I have, I have tried to beer evangelize him for the better part of the last decade. Doing where it's the same like, thing. Where you're like, okay, Harry, I, I know you, I know you like, he, I got him on flywheel. I nice, got him on flywheel. Nice. And, yeah. 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 I, I love that beer. Yeah. And I got, I brought some of the, the new Firestone lager, uh, out. Um, I, I got, Give got him this. I Give got him whatever I'm drinking. The, the Dortmunder. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got him. Uh, I'm actually. I'm. I'm gonna. So we have a baby shower this weekend. I'm gonna bring some. Uh, some of the, yes. the locker. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it, at any rate, like you can be evangelized as best you can. But like, there's some people that just don't do hops. There's some people that just don't do coffee. Don't do stouts. And no matter how good of a beer style it is, you you kind of have to accept that some people just don't care for that. Um, so. On the other side of that, to answer the second question about like what we brew, um, I think one of the, the strengths that we have at Horse Thief is that we ca- we cast a wide net in the in the time, you know the styles that we brew. Like we brew, we have uh, an American IPA, so more a little bit. I wouldn't say it's West Coast, but it's, it's more more, more malt bitter, in, more malt, bitter. more bitter. It's a little bit more golden copper to, colored. It's fun to see people taste IBUs. Oh. Especially nowadays with the culture of the yeah. high, hazy and the well, and, and IBUs too. It's there. It's perceived bitterness, and it's it's perceived. You know, right. and there's you know technically, if we were to calculate the amount of hops we throw in our our hazies, is by far the most hoppy beers that we have. But 
again, it's it's how do you perceive it? Do you what time did you throw them in? At? Exactly, and, like, and again, hey, I have a lot of home brewers that like to listen. So that, yeah, that no, kind of for, stuff, no, very absolutely. interesting for them. Like, um, no, but at the schedules, at the, yeah, no, and at that at that same rate, like, um, so I think what we we try to do is we try to cast a wide net in, in styles. We we try to have a, a light offering. We try to have a dark offering. We try to have some hops. We try to have some Belgians. We try to have a sour. We just we're gonna be uh, tapping a barrel aged Goza uh, in the next couple of days. That yeah, awesome. just just pulled it out of barrels today. Um, what's it look visually? What's it look like? Uh, it's so when I say barrel aged, um, it started out as uh, tequila barrels. A couple of years ago, we did a you did you did this tequila Goza yeah two years ago when you won a medal at Fobab. We did no that was the that was the Weizen uh, Weizenbach. Okay. Uh, Weizenbach. Uh, we we. I really liked that. So we did a margarita you put, goza. You, we, put, you put limes in it, right? Yeah. So the, the goza, the spirits, we, the spirit, we got, got some. The spirit's uh, fantastic. You need to try this. Yeah, we got some uh, tequila barrels. Ago, right? yeah. Was it two years ago? Yep. Yep. It was great. So we got some uh, tequila barrels, uh, brewed a goza, threw it in there, and then when we pulled the goza out of the barrels, uh, put some orange and lime peel on it, and then it just it tasted like a margarita. Is this it was, what you're doing now No, so this is, well? this is okay. the same barrels. Barrels are pretty much neutral at this point. Okay. Um, but it. Still has a really nice oaky character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just uh, just based on the time it spent in the barrels, you had a little bit of uh, evaporation. So what, the, the what, was, what tequila? What tequila barrel was it? What was it? So that's that's the that's the thing with tequila Shh. barrels is they no it's it, I wish we knew um, what. So, but, but really? correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to feel like I'm losing my mind. You brought this to Fobab. Wasn't this at Fobab two years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we okay. we we brought that beer to Fobab, but. Um, but yeah, the so tequila barrels are notorious for being of suspect quality. Be, like oh. they leak, um, so like a lot of times they're emptied. Don't, so we, we don't talk about Mark that way. <laughs> so I we, turned the water back on and I left it on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so we we got these uh, barrels from a, a barrel broker out of Wisconsin, and he when we picked them up, he he said that you know like the problem with tequila and I guess in with rum barrels at the same point is that when they're emptied. They then have to go from the distillery to the border, yeah. and then there they, however long it takes to get to, to Mark, customs, to Mark's wall. They then go to I think somewhere in Texas, and then they have to make the trip up here. So he's like, by the time you go from the day that they're emptied, the wall. they're like <laughs> two months maybe. The wall. So like you know, a lot really? of times, a lot of times, I mean, we went up there to pick up pick out the barrels. And he, the, the guy was awesome. He, he uh, water tested them for us. So he put some water in them. And the first rack of barrels leaked like sieves. So then we, and it, was, it, was, it sucked too because like, those ones smelled awesome. Popped the bungs on them and they just like awesome tequila character. The, uh, That's what she said? <laughs> you've, been, you've been waiting so long to yeah. deliver that line. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he even That's asked before, is, is that so, appropriate? Yeah. So at any rate, uh, so we have a barrel aged Goza coming out, but that's just one of the styles we try so, to keep. So us is the barrel aged Goza like? Is there any just, song and dance to it, or no, is it just, just it's it a Goza? Is, it is straight and it's been Goza. In barrels. So it's one hundred percent. We fermented it in barrels, and then it, it uh, aged in those barrels for mm, probably another. So we once prim- like fermentation was complete, it was probably about another eight to ten months, uh, just sitting on oak. But those barrels were pretty much neutral at, the, at this point. Um, but, yeah, it's got a r- nice kind of oaky. You get some a little bit of vanilla on it, like the, a nice little refreshing brininess to it. It's a pretty tasty beer. Like, we just, we're just trying to cool it down and then probably carve it up, and hopefully it'll be on this weekend. That's great. 
Right. The only reason I ask is because, uh, you know, keeping with our South Side and theme, and then we talked earlier about the, uh, see, look at him, he's already breaking everything. He comes back for one second after his bathroom trip. Everything's destroyed. It's the table. But, but, <laughs> but no, we, I, I talked to uh, the guys over at uh, Windmill, and uh, Mike, their assistant brewer over at Windmill, he, he created this, and it's not barrel-aged, it's, but it's a, a uh, pink lemonade goza that he does, and it's just... It's such a delicious beer. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he, he recently did a Kiwi one, I believe. But same kind of concept. And it's something that I've seen recently. Um, not uh, locally. I mean, just everywhere. that I've seen a couple of places like uh, Moore and Microphone. And like I said, Windmill it hit it. But the style of like a sour or a goza that's like thick. It almost has like a, a body to it. Kind of like you know? those... Uh is that kind of like what the, the the big fruited Florida vices are that you you keep hearing about? Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, it's something that I'm interested in. It, mm-hmm. it, it's it almost is like, hey, we got you guys on board with the hazy IPA. Now we're gonna now we're gonna try yeah. to bring you in deeper into the fold. Like, yeah, it, and it I looks think, hazy, I think, but well, it's red. Or the blueberry one that you gave me earlier, where you slapped an orange on the rim. I mean, what's that? What, what's that beer? That's a blueberry wheat. It was a wheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, blueberry. Uh, it was. Uh, it's our rogue wheat recipe, where the grain bill is a little over fifty percent uh, wheat, and we in that beer we added um, over a hundred pounds of uh, blueberry puree. Did you get cheap on us? You just hundred pounds? That's it. It was, it was, it was, it was not cheap. It was oh, not yeah. a cheap beer to make. But, that was um, sarcasm, John. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, uh, it definitely is. It's got tartness, but it's not a. It definitely doesn't approach a sour at all. But it does bring a lot of tartness to it that uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on. So we, it's actually the third time we've brewed it in the last three months. It's because got that folks thicker, keep asking it, for it. It gives you a little more than, the, like, you know, normally on something like that, a blueberry wheat, I might be like, oh, man, that's totally, I could drink 10, 10 or 12 of these. But, you know, but, but when I'm drinking something like that, it's like it, ha- it actually brings a little texture and a little mouthfeel because that's something that, like, you know, trend-wise and being on trend with the New England and all that stuff, that's, that's a part of it, you know. A part of it is that mouthfeel. It's not just, like, the lack of bitterness and the hop, uh, the hop tropical, you know, all that stuff mm-hmm. that comes along with a New England or a hazy or a double dry hopped IPA. A beer like you gave me with that wheat is kind of like, you know, it's got this mouthfeel to it, but it's also, I feel like I could drink a bunch of them, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, in New England, you might be like, yeah, I can drink a couple of them. And then it's kind of like, it feels like it's sitting at the pit of my stomach for a while. So I, I'll say that it presents purple. It does. It, for sure. However, does not drink like blueberry juice <laughs> um, tastes like beer tastes like it's got beer it, mm-hmm. it was it, it, it very well balanced and, and actually instead of being blueberry um, aggressive it's subtle very it's, very subtle and I was going to ask you what, what style of beer and I was guessing a wheat and it's it's a tough style very, very good it's, it's a tough style to peg we're calling it an American wheat um, it's fun putting that beer down in front of people and seeing their reaction to it and then trying to reassure them that just take a sip of it and tell us what you think. And if you don't like it, we'll, we'll get you something else. But Well, it uh, looks amazing. Man. It, it, aesthetically, I, I, right. it, it, it's a really fun beer to look at. And mm-hmm. you, you are right. When you drink it, you're expecting like a almost 
like as if you were Great drinking a, a blueberry smoothie or <laughs> yeah, something. But uh, it, it drinks like an American wheat with with a with a blueberry tartness to it. Yeah. Uh, like that, when you walk that thing through the tap room, people are going to be like, oh, what, that, what did they order? Stuff? What did they order? Yeah. yeah. Let me get some of that purple stuff. It's like that Sunny Delight commercial from the uh, 90s. <laughs> 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 Looks in the back of the fridge. Let me get some of that purple stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you with 90s uh, commercial references. But no, it's, it's a different kind of, I don't want to say style, because it's, it's a normal style. It's a style you see at other places, just kind of a, a different take on it, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I guess just to kind of you know go up, like I think you guys do the same thing we do. Is like you, you, there's, a, there's a line where you, there's that traditional side of brewing, and you, know, you brew what you, what you like and what you like to drink. And you also have to kind of adapt as well. Like you, you mentioned, Mark, that like you guys eventually came out with a hazy IPA just because that's also that's the a lager. Thing. Yeah, it, and what, also what, lager. one of the beers that's sitting here right now was a, a, again a lager that didn't exist uh, exist six years ago. And the thing is, over time, uh, palates evolve, mm-hmm. and what was what was really not exploited or what was not you know what was really not popular five six years ago uh was anything that was um american lager like or or just lager like in general and so i i found myself changing over time and uh whereas i wouldn't touch anything other than than an ipa for the first year then nothing other than a belgian beer for the second Mm -hmm. year um i've i think we have three lager yeasts that are going between vessels right now that I'm trying to keep going for yeah. as, as long as we can before we have to uh, retire each of them. Um, and lagers are time consuming and expensive and, and not necessarily in raw materials, but just time. Well, time. Sit. They tie your up. beers. They tie pay your, rent. your beer pays rent on your fermenters mm-hmm. and your bright tanks, yeah. right? That, yeah. that is something I've learned just because of the, if, if I never did this podcast, I would never understand what you guys are talking about right now. And it's one of my favorite conversations to have. Um, you know, I think last year, uh, going into this year, a lot of people were kind of, whether it be conjecture, or, you know, true. It's like, oh, you know, right now the New England's hopping and the pastry stout's hopping. Next year it's going to be loggers. And then I, I think I think Tom uh, over Tom Corridor over at Penrose looked at me and he was like, "Bullshit." <laughs> He's like, "You want to know why? Because people aren't going to put the time and the effort into making those loggers. You know, they're not going to let that take up their space." Time, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Is this no? no it's, and not to say that the, that what you're doing isn't amazing. You know, like no. that, it's it's fucking beautiful. You, uh, uh, Drew Fox, uh, Drew Fox from 18th Street. Drew's like, dude, when I'm at a festival, that's I'm tracking whoever has a, a logger yeah. on right now like as a brewer as a person that's deep in it that's what you want you know well, and, and you're at a festival i think we've all been there and you're in a sea of ad of adjunct stouts and hazy ipas 14 percent 10 percent 7 percent 8 percent like i mean there's a reason why at fobab they have those like oasis where it's like you know it's like hey oasis. i know you, they literally like was it revolution has the has the oasis at, at fobab and they sun crush and it's like literally it's like you know, up in those of us fortunate enough to go be able to go up to the brewer's lounge and it's be like, oh my God, thank God there's a PBR. Are, are you, this is the wall. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's the uh, Mexican lager by One Trick Pony. Are you, 
What, what am I drinking here? Is this? No, it's probably yeah, it's probably it's either that, that or no. Is. I think I poured the well, wall. We had, you, we had the wall for sure. Are you are you filtering this or is this just from conditioning over it's clear time in the, shit. in the bright tank? Yeah, it's, that's just talent right there. <laughs> that's nothing. No to do filter. With, yeah, that's it. Can't afford it. Hashtag that's no Mark's filter. motto: no filter. No filter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the, what we've drank tonight. I mean. I came in here when I sat down, but while we're setting up microphones, I'm drinking a New England style double dry hop Lewis Winthrop, like the the pinnacle of the style that is the hottest thing right now. And if, if you look at it, I, I'll say Chicagoland, but you can extrapolate that down to every coast, you know, what, what's happening right now. And then we kind of worked our way back, you know, as we sat down. Blueberry, you know, the blueberry wheat. And they the Bel- walked the in Belgium with, sour. Yeah, from horse they, thief. they walked in with the, the horsey hollow and the the wall from One Trick Pony. It's like we kind of walked our way back into this clear thing, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I forgot these beers exist, and these mm-hmm. these beers, when done well, are amazing." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here with the same smile on my face as if I was drinking, uh, you know, your next s'mores uh, marshmallow barrel aged. Yeah. Uh, what else can I? What other? What other adjectives? Well, I, was at, I was at a I was at a battle share with, uh, with some friends yeah, like yeah, last weekend, licorice, and I had the the two um, what was it the hot butcher and the microphone beer that both were like the chocolate cake ones. Love that, them both. They yeah, were both yeah. like supposedly like brewed with like the, the Portillo's actual, the, the Portillo's cake. chocolate cake uh, yeah. in the mash, and they took the yeah. photos of that. I'm like. Not necessarily, oh. not necessarily something that I would do because I know I'm gonna have to grain that shit out. But uh, vanilla, lactose, like, you know, uh, and, and actual pieces. But at the of same cake. time, like again, back to my personal palate. Like I, I think there's a time and a place for them. Like there may not be, I may not be able to sit down and have a pint of it. But like, damn it, if those weren't delicious beers, like, they, they, the flavors were good. If, and that's for some people, that's that's their what they're digging towards. And I think us as we, as brewers kind of, in a sense, you have to keep true to yourself and, and brew what, what you know how to do and what you like and what you're passionate about. But in the same sense, like you got to kind of follow in some sense, like what, what people are drinking. Cause like you can make the greatest, like, you know, Potter's beer and like, you know, Belgian style single. But if like no one else is, is really digging those like you're gonna have a lot of it to drink yourself like right. well for you specifically uh, what, what were you guys pouring at uh bug at beer under glass oh geez uh we had uh hazy yeah. we had gotcha. uh pink pom-pom which was our uh we do that one for mother's day every year it's our hefeweizen with uh pomegranate and cherry and then i think we had uh golden ratio which was a uh, Belgian, the belt, yeah, uh, yeah, Belgian, yeah, Belgian Golden Strong Ale. Yeah. That uh, good beer. It's it's a great beer, and it so it shows definitely shows the backgrounds of Dave and myself. Dave is a like very engineer and mathematical and very Golden Showers, Golden Ratio. No, 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 no. I've talked I've talked to Dave about this beer before. Yeah. So the Golden Ratio. I can't tell you can't or explain to you what the math is behind the golden ratio. But, it's like but every, so that so whole his beer, his his grain bill. Yes. yes. We, is based off of yeah. the golden ratio. Yeah, so right. the golden ratio is everything is in proportion to the next thing. So right. yeah. the base malt is is proportion to the Munich, which is in proportion to the crystal malt, which is in proportion. And then the 60-minute the edition is in proportion to the oh, next wow. edition. To the, and there, it's not just 60. It's like a 60-minute edition, a 37-minute <laughs> edition, a 70. So like 
Dave's like brilliant and comes up with this like recipe and he's like, okay, here you go. Where meanwhile, myself as an English major and I taught English for six years, for seven years, I'm trying to figure out what my hot, what my brew schedule is. Okay. So if the boil started at 8.56, the 34 minute edition goes in. Oh my God. Really? Really? Okay. I, 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 that's, that's kind of what I understood when he was. Yeah. I recall talking to, uh, Dave Williams about four about four years ago, and he was beginning to explain this to me when, when I had already been at the bar for a couple of rebel a couple of 18th rebellions, and I'm thinking, wow, 60, 15, and one. <laughs> I got that down. <laughs> I got that. 60, 15, so you're one. saying? I, I think that's one of the advantages to having an assistant brewer. Be like, you come up with this crazy yes. idea, and be like, you figure it out. Just like pull the pin. There you go. Uh, Joe Bobby. Can I ask? Can I ask you a question? Can yeah. we ask you a question? Uh, please. You and how What's long have question? you been? How long have you been doing this podcast now? Uh, since uh, December 2017, so okay. about so six, six and a half, seven months. Okay. And, ballpark. And you've been you've been very successful, and you've spoken with a lot of breweries um, in those six, seven months. Correct. Yes, I have done forty plus episodes now, and I. Still shocked every time someone says yes. Says yes. Okay. <laughs> and those in the, the, the geographical location of those breweries are dispersed across the entire Chicago area. Oh, correct? yeah. Okay. Uh, from farthest north you can think of to Indiana to, you know, to uh, I've got my first um, Wisconsin episode. Um, I've been talking to, you know, Michigan. I've got an out to do it in St. Louis if I can get out there. I mean... Yeah. Okay. So the three of us, um, Mark, Matt, myself, we live in the microcosm that is uh, Southside beer. Okay. Our question to you is what, in your view or in your experience since you've been doing this, is the difference between Southside beer, Southside beer culture, and what you've seen in other corners or areas or sides of the city and, and if there is no difference that's an okay answer no, no, and in no, fact no, no, that no. might be John, don't, that might be the best the, answer but what, don't what give is, me the out don't give me the out let me make let me what make, is let the me answer formulate. i'm curious is let me formulate curious. all right uh for me uh, i would have to say what, what what you have to gather also that um you have to take in consideration that one of my um kind of base breweries that i've been going to since i kind of got into the game was hailstorm which Hailstorm served and was very successful with, Southside Irish Red. So I always had this kind of mentality of Southside beer is, you know, the Southside Irish Red. So I'd go to Hailstorm all the time. I, sometimes I showed up there at uh, noon on a Tuesday and be like, look around <laughs> me. And every human that was standing around the side of me, I'm, I'm in there at or, do you have any of the Cloud Series on tap? Do you have Dominatrix on tap? Let me get that triple IPA. And the, the Southsiders, you know, the true people that lived in that area around me are like, do you have Southside Irish Red on tap? Like, they want that Southside Irish Red. So I guess I have a little skewed view of it. But, I mean, since I've been deep, uh, if, you, if you just want to take from December on, um, I don't see a real difference other than with the people that are filtering into your uh, – Let's say like Corridor, uh, Maplewood has been on the podcast, um, Alarmist on the north side of the, of the city. Uh, you know, there, there's locals there, but these locals are, are not the same as a Southside local. A Southside local is more, 
they have a very good blend to me from the outside looking in. You guys are the you guys are the professionals on this, but from the outside looking in, to me when I look at a, a Southside local, I feel like a uh, a combination of suburban and city. You know, it's like that perfect blend of like where they meet uh, because it's super family oriented, super like safe, and like you said, we talked about the kids and you know they're they're flooding the tap rooms now. Uh, what I'm looking in front of me, you're talking about the the Christ Church celebrating their last their last day of school. You know, the teachers are out here celebrating. Like, I'm sure there's that too on the north side and on the uh, on the other, uh, you know, deeper parts of the city on the west and east sides of the city. But for me, uh, the the big thing I notice about about the south side is that uh, they kind of consciously take in the community. They kind of they they bring that into what they're doing. Um, Whereas, not that they don't, uh, I feel like it's like the Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning arg- argument. You know, it's like, just because you like one more than the other doesn't mean you're shitting on the other one. Like, you know, I, I enjoy what happens on the north side. But the south side has more of that kind of like what I'm used to, I guess, growing up in the southwest suburbs. You know, it has more of that kind of neighborhood feel to it, I guess. And I'm sorry to make that answer way longer than it need to be, but I just wanted to kind of give you that that thought process I, I for think, me i think i understand <laughs> you don't what you're no I, th- I think i do um are you seeing i think we all i'm, well, if you're ask, talking I'm about asking about beer if you're talking about technically and styles and all that I, it's not like i'm like t- to be honest with you you got to think about it from my perspective i'm, I'm seeing northeastern ipas from hailstorm long before i'm seeing them from you know the places I regard as some of the best IPAs in the city, in the actual city limits of Chicago, um, I'd say Corridor probably has some of the best IPAs when it comes to hazy stuff. Uh, Pipeworks, obviously, for years has been doing some of the best IPAs in the clean realm of IPAs. Like nobody's doing it much better than Garrett and the crew over at Pipeworks. So it's like, yeah, that that that's if you're talking about beer style and beer execution. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of like uh, lag or anything when it comes to coming down to the south. And like I said, uh, some of the first experiences I've had with a New England style or Northeastern style IPA would be for Hailstorm. I don't and think the question was, again, are, is the south side behind the curve? I think the, the, the spirit of the question is truly, I think we all have our own opinions, Mark, Matt, myself, right? And what perhaps the nuanced differences are between South side, north side, west side, suburbs, city, right? Uh, Taproom culture into the different areas Brew in the country, tap right? Room, right? Yeah. Uh, my question is because you are—you seem to be on the. Um, uh, I'm not going to call. What's the word we're not using? We don't want to use pioneer. Craft? Can I call? Craft? Can I say pioneer? that Joe Bobby is on the the vanguard? Dude, of, I'm trailblazing. You're tra- no. you, you, well, you you have spoke. You, well, here's the thing. You've spoke. You more than anybody I know spoke with. More breweries on all corners of the of the Chicagoland area than anybody in the last year or so. So my question was more about um, what do you see. What are there any differences between north, south, west, city? Oh, suburbs? when I walk into a tap room in general, yeah. No, no, not not at all, not no. at all. Okay. Yeah, it, it, I think it's more dependent on. Uh, uh, the style of beer you like to brew, like if you walk into Dovetail versus when you walk into Maplewood, you know, you walk into Dovetail, you're looking for loggers and pilsners and clear and German style inspired, uh, cool ship stuff, you know. But I walk into Maplewood, I'm looking for like 
uh, a nice hazy beer. You know, they're they're doing great stuff with the juice style. They're doing like mixed drinks with their beers. Like they're doing all kinds of crazy shit. Versus, if I go to Old Irving Brewing, they're trying a little bit of everything. They're kind of sprinkling the shit around. You know, they. So I just I I think I I think I just that was that that leads to my point. Yeah. Right. I don't I don't, I don't see any difference. I walk in here. What, what Will is doing. Some people might knock on Will's head and be like, what the fuck is going on in your head right now that you're trying all these different things like all at the same time? We can do a whole show on yeah. Will's psyche. Yeah. but <laughs> He's not allowed to be on the podcast. Right. So. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll do but, examine but, him. But I, I, yeah. I think the answer, and this was, I, I wanted to hear your, I, I didn't, we did not talk about this before the podcast. I wanted to hear what your answer was. And I think you, you said what I was hoping you would say is that beer culture on the south side is equal to and equivalent to any other corner of the city. Don't you put words in my mouth, John. No. <laughs> you can tell me I'm not putting words in your mouth. But, but in other words... No, but I've, I've told you that from the beginning, though. I, 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 come, I come here for what's on trend and, and also what's off. You know, like what's... I mean, not, not that it's off, but like, you know, you guys do do a cream ale. You guys do do like a, you know, a nice basic thing that I can have. But then you also have like the most extreme of styles. Like, uh, let's say, for example, microphones uh, smells like a beer fest. Had it. Amazing. <laughs> Micro- microphone smells like a beer fest experience for me, right? I, I got there. We got there early. Had a group of us, my wife, good friends of mine. We rolled in there a little early. It was fifth in line. You know, you know we're, we're pretty close to the, to the front. So basically, we're, we're devising a game plan as beer dorks, you know? We're like, who's here? Where are they located? What kind of beers did they bring? Let's check. You know, what's going to kick first? So I'm like, I ended up with my boys here. We're like, all right. And... Henna's going to kick first, right? More brewing, bringing barrel-aged henna to the party. We got to get that first. We're an hour early before the fest starts. I see this guy, fucking John over here, mucking it up with all the local brewers. So I'm texting him like, hey, I can see you right now. <laughs> we did the podcast together. He comes and brings me a high life. We're sitting here talking to each other. We took a little quick picture for Instagram. You know, we're, we're chatting each other up and then get back in line. We roll in there. It's like... I'm putting John's beer, which I've had, so I'm like, oh, I've been to his tap room. I'm going to go get all this shit I can't get. There's places from Nashville. There's places from Colorado. There's places from Portland, Oregon. Getting it, getting it, getting it, and then we're all feeling pretty good, and then by the like towards, you know, midway, maybe, not mid, not even midway, you know, Will, Will standing there behind your box. You had gone to take care of a fire in the tap room, whatever was going on, and uh, Will's got a uh, tiramisu stout on barrel aged I believe as well right uh, and me and the four people I'm with my wife and three of my closest like beer snob asshole friends you know we Dorks. walk up there yeah exactly <laughs> we, we go up there and we're all just staring at each other like what the fuck did open outcry bring here like what did Will do or what did John and Will decide to do with this fucking tiramisu style I've never had anything like it and meanwhile you know we juxtaposed to the beginning of the fest where we're like barrel aged henna Boom. Let's go to Jay Wakefield. Jay Wakefield's down the corner. Boom. Weld Works is right around the, right there. So we're going to go hit all those up. We're like, what were we sleeping on? Why were we, why were we waiting on open outcry? Well, you know, it worked out for us. And it's, you know, halfway through the fest, we got to have one of the best beers we've ever had in our lives, you know? <laughs> so that, that's kind of my perspective on Southside beers currently. That the fact that you can do that. Bug, Bug, the same way. I came up to you late in bu- at Bug. Mm-hmm. I'm taking video, talking to a friend of mine I haven't seen forever. And I walked up. I'm looking at Hot Butcher, which I've, I've talked to Jeremiah and Jude a million times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
I've had everything they had there. And the Weirds Mobile was on. It was cool Sasan and all that. And I looked at you guys and, like, you know, there was people at your tent. And I'm like, hey, I've never had Horse Thief. But I'm going to go over there, you know. I've never been to the tap room. Sure. And you handed me some IPA that I was like, what the fuck am I missing here? Like, yeah. why, why have I not been there yet? That was a uh, parallel. Yeah. Uh, I think we got that one on tap right now. Yeah. Just insane. Like, yeah. You know, and look, forgive me, it's on trend, you know. It's, yeah. No, it's, know. well, I think that there's, like, anything there's going to be the new the newer brewers that you know it's it's kind of cool to be the you know to be the ones that are kind of flying under the radar a little bit and being like the best kept secret but i think eventually everybody wants to be like the the popular kid you know you you know i always had like you know i'm 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 surprised it took this this took us this long to get to the whites the cubs white Sox thing but uh, it was coming yeah but like you know i grew up I grew up a Cubs fan, but my younger brother was a Sox fan. I had a couple of friends who were Sox fans, and it's always had this idea that, you know, people, what for for one reason or another, there was like this like chip on their shoulder or whatever, where it was just like you know. But then 2005 happened, and you know, like people like were huge in like I was I was down in St. Louis in college, so I was getting it from both sides. I was getting it from Cardinals fans. So yeah, put it this way. White Sox won the World Series in the 05, the Cardinals won it in 06, and here I was a Cubs fan who had just survived 2003. And so, yeah, that was not a good good time. But, yeah. Dude, I was in college at the same time, and I, I was like, okay, Red Sox in 04, Sox in 05, and then we had... Uh, Cubs in 06. Yeah, I, I was thinking Red Sox. It's all the ones in yeah. America. Yeah. 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 But, no, but never happened. But I'm a Cubs like, fan I, too. I'm, you know, don't get me. I feel bad saying that. No, I'm sitting right now. But, but no, but at any rate, I think I think you have that. There, I don't want to say that Southside breweries have a chip on their shoulder. I don't think that's the case whatsoever. I agree, I agree with um, that. But yeah. I think it's just like you know we're excited about our neighborhood and we're excited about the beer that we're putting on and we can't wait for, you know, we're we're excited to share it with with people everywhere else. Like I know. The times I've brought growlers up to the beer cellar in Glen Ellen and poured it for some of my coworkers or some other people, and they people were like, "Oh my God, where are you guys?" I'm like, "We're on the south side, 104th and Western. It takes like 45 minutes to get there." They're like, "All right, we'll try to make it." And like some people <laughs> okay. have, like I, my last shift at beer cellar, um, so I between festival season and me getting busier at Horse Thief and my wife being pregnant, like we're like, okay, we we need to cut one of these jobs down. So uh, my last shift. Two guy, two of our regulars had just come up from being at Outcry and uh, and Horse Thief, and they were coming in. They came into beer cellar to have their their last beer of the night, um, and they're before they walked home, and they're just like, you know, they were talking about the beers they had. I think they had were talking about your hazies here and the speculator and um, other you know stuff they had at our place, and it was just like, I mean. I think that's a, I, I wouldn't say that any of us have a chip on our shoulder. I think it's just that we're excited to get people down here and get people to try our beer and to try to see that like, Hey, we're just, we're just another neighborhood in the city. You hit that right on the head. That's, that's exactly right. Right. That there is, there, that there is a reason to travel South, try the breweries down here and yep. then make your way to this, make, make your way past uh, horse thief hollow, uh, open outcry, stop at blue Island beer company, make your way farther down the, um, uh, down on the south side, go to One Trick Pony, make your 94. way over Hailstorm 350. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of good breweries down here. So uh, it's not a chip, but I, I think we've 
I, I think we do wish we got some of the exposure that some other areas of the city perhaps yeah. get just by virtue of the fact that they're not on the south side. So yeah, just uh, between I, the is, way is you handle social media and the way the internet is, and the way you know the, everything is now, where you could you have access. Like I feel like that's super beneficial because you know people can seek it now rather than being handed the information. They're being able to find the information themselves. So, um, and that and that's how it worked out for me, where I was able to find you guys, and it's like you have a prominent presence on social media. So it's like it wasn't hard for me to get to know like what you guys were about before I ever stepped foot in the place is open yep. outcry in general. Uh, for you guys at, at one trick pony, like I've known you guys forever. Like I said, you know, that's word of mouth. My buddy Pete was playing open mics there, but the, like it's the camaraderie in the business, I guess. And that's why I like having three people that brew and, and own and run breweries is, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a cutthroat game, I mean, which it could be very easily, you know. Well, I turned the water on in the bathroom. I'm waiting for that yeah. sewer bill <laughs> to well, fuck John, put man. John out of business, yes. Joe, Joe Bobby, we're, uh, we're a little over two hours in this. Can I ask you one more question? I, I'd be happy to answer. Do you, see, do you see a difference between the I, – I, let, me, let me set the table for the question. I could tell you that all the, all the breweries down here on the south side, uh, we're all friends. We all communicate regularly. We all root for each other, and we all um, collaborate with each other, and we, we tag each other on things like social media posts and, and is a general collective effort to try to promote Southside, Southside Beer. Do you, is that spirit of collaboration or cooperation, you think, consistent in other areas? Yeah, I don't want to give you the answer you don't want to hear, but uh, for me... Let me preface this by saying my favorite, one of my favorite social media posts I've seen in the last six months was you standing there with Josh at uh, Hailstorm, like, "Hey, we didn't have enough oats, and we were, I, we were trying." Oh my God! I, I think you were brewing open interest or something. It was, you know? it was day. Like, it was the no, it wasn't day of. It was day before. It, and right. apparently, I don't know if you guys did. You hear? Country Malt said that there was some, there was storms somewhere in the Kansas, and there was. All the oats to supply the Midwest were on a couple trains that were delayed, and there was an oat shortage at Country Malt for about a week, week and a half. We couldn't get any, so that's we, that's the that's the story that I dictated to them. Yes, we had all of our oats. <laughs> one so trick pony. Our New England was IPA was fantastic. To the gills. <laughs> what oats? You know what? One hundred percent oat IPA. Yeah, it was full on hundo percent. Watering was a was a dream. <laughs> The, the folks that nine look, hours. The, 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 the folks at Country Malt are great. They got about a quarter of the way through their explanation. I'm like, okay, I don't give a shit. Can I get oats or not? They're like, no. <laughs> no. I go, okay, click, pick up the phone. It's like call Mark. First <laughs> phone call I made was hailstorm. Yeah. And they're like, you want oats? Come down and get them. Yep. I get, I get, I get. I'm looking. You know, I'm. It was I'm, literally. It was literally. I, I do recall a minute it and a half. I, I recall it in. in okay. I'm yes, bored yes, halfway through yes. my day at work, and I'm scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, and I see, I see this giant man standing next to Josh with his arm around him, like, needed oats today. Hailstorm comes through. It was it says, 90 seconds between Country Mall told me that they couldn't give us oats to getting oats, and then an hour driving down to Hailstorm, <laughs> picking up oats, and then me hugging. That man, <laughs> yeah. and thank you, thank you, Josh W. You're right, the best. for sure. Right, <laughs> so I know that 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 sense of camaraderie and collaboration still exists in the brewing 
industry generally all over the place. My question is, is there any nuanced differences you've seen between the soft side and... No, and you know what? Though, you know what really seals that in, though? It avoids going the other direction. And, it, dude, trust me, I don't know every every dynamic that happens between breweries from where and where. But, but I mean, from what I've seen with you guys and with Hailstorm and the fact that you reached out to these two that easily and they're like, yeah, we'll come over and do it on a Thursday night when, like, we don't have anything better to do, you know, or have families to deal with or anything else, you know. They're, they're sitting here because giving me over two hours of their Matt's, time. Matt's wife is only seven months pregnant. Yeah, that's, exactly, that's exactly the She was eight, point she was eight months pregnant I'll, last month. <laughs> I'll, I'll grab some rainbow cone on the way home, yeah. provided they're still open. <laughs> Some quartz. It'll all work out. But but uh, uh, one of the common links I've seen, and maybe you guys, I know you know him, John. Maybe you two have some sort of background with him. But Brandon Wright from uh, Workforce Chicago Brew Works, he's been a very central figure since I started this podcast. As everybody seems to have a story about something he's been able to come through for, or, you know, whatever it is, and and that holds true. Uh, with uh, all the way up to the north side with Alarmist and uh, Old Irving Brewing Company and Forbidden Root, and they're all just like a you know, corridor. Like we we work together, you know. It's yeah. I, I think we, Brandon it, may have bought our first conical fermenters from that. Us. Is that right? <laughs> that may have been in the podcast. Really? Yes. Brandon and I did, and they were plastic. When plastic <laughs> was the only <laughs> financially responsible option you had. And we used, let's see, I think I had four of them. And I believe that came up in the podcast. And uh, used it once, worked perfectly. Used it the second time, or used the second one. And there was an eight hour day of just cleaning up. In, I mean, they're, they're unjacketed. They're sitting in a, in a, in a, um, a glorified, um, it was a cooler. And, and so. Bottom line is, it ultimately, if he wanted to buy them, or they were they were looking at an opening, and someone wanted to buy them. I, word comes to me, two weeks later, like, oh yeah, uh, somebody wants to buy the conical fermenters because they're just they didn't work in the space that we had. Yeah. If, if we would have had a but better they could spot, benefit someone else to get If we would have had a better spot, know, right. exactly. And now, and I don't know when you're in your podcast, but tomorrow is actually Workforce's fourth yeah, anniversary they, party. Double day, Friday and yeah. Saturday they're rolling. Yeah. No, and you, guys actually, you guys are in a queue right now. Can you believe it? I'm that good right now. I, I still have Forbidden Root that I haven't gotten out yet. Like I still have oh, a whole damn. podcast before you guys. Yeah, Brandon's one of those so guys. Cool. Brandon's one of those guys that everybody, he's becoming an, he's involved with the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. I think he's, I think he's a, I think he's a board member for the guild. Dude, I think he crushes. Yes, is he that right? Amazing. Is that true? He's a, he's a board member. I think for the Brandon guild, Brad, I think. Bradbury is also. He's, Bradbury he's is yeah, as well. Uh, yeah. But 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 Brandon's one of those guys that a lot of us that have started in the last couple of years called and and seeked advice from, and he was always willing to share his thoughts and talk about where don't do this, do this, and um, uh, he is I think uh, in terms of Southside Breweries, he's one of those guys that a lot of us uh, seek out as resources. Uh, Mark Coke will be in one of those as well. I know you were for me. When, um, for I, I believe the phrase was, don't fucking do it. Yeah. Don't fucking do it. Yeah. Coco, or, I think or, it was or, five or, years don't, ago. Don't, don't fucking fact, do it. Don't fucking do it, it was, that way. It was about four years ago when I met with, I, I, met, I met Mark through a mutual friend and, uh, him and I sat down and had some soul-searching type conversations. And the one thing he said to me, 
don't fucking the, do it the that one way. thing he said to me is like don't fucking do this don't do it what did, like, he, did he pitch you a brothel or something what did he no what did he, pre- no, what did he pitch no, you no, no, you just, haven't seen the back room <laughs> <laughs> oh i've seen it so so what 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 made you say no not like that uh okay Go, about to get real now <laughs> it's about to get real honest right up in here um I, I tried opening a brewery here in Beverly um, with, with a lot of folks from the neighborhood uh, at a time right before the financial crisis hit. And then when that hit and um, banks stopped lending on a moment's notice, um, I was sitting there with the best plan, with the best, most ripe population. Least the, funded best plan ever. Well, no, it was, it was, well, yes, exactly. Yes. Ultimately, uh, when, when, when every bank said no, um, we still had a loan to, to do another spot. And then that didn't happen for a handful of reasons I'm not going to get into. Bottom line is that uh, this, Save that for your own this, this, this is, this, this goes back, uh, this, this whole conversation, uh, this is cathartic to have and, it goes back a long, long, long time. And uh, thanks for having me out, John. Um, <laughs> but I'm out of here. Boom. <laughs> no, I, I, this, 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 is, this, is, this is the type of thing that I, I had a feeling a long, long time ago was just not hitting out here in, on the south side. And, I, I, again, Goose Island was the only place up north. But it was that little podunk Indiana town of, of Laporte that had something that I thought would, would be really cool or I felt would be really cool to have in Chicago, or at least in, in the neighborhood. And lo and behold, uh, the state of Illinois followed suit with what Indiana was doing, and it, it allowed a lot of us to crop up out of nowhere. And um, it's, it's still fun. And, and I guess it, like, I'm not sure what... Um, uh, I'm not sure the folks that are listening that, you know, how many of you are coming from the southwest suburbs, northwest suburbs, Iowa, outside of Illinois. Um, if you're only looking to hit Chicago because they've got really cool breweries, this is the one thing that I knew a long time ago. There's a lot of creativity out on the south side. And it's not just Chicago. It's not just Beverly. It's not just Lansing. It is Tinley. It's Romeoville. It's it's Crete. There there are places further south that have just as much to offer, have just as much, uh, or have just as many beers that'll that'll knock your socks off when you're not expecting it. And that was at least when I opened. Uh, that that was the idea. You know, don't promote. Just knock knock their socks off when they come in. And and it's it's gratifying to see that 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 Southside has has really followed really followed through now it's now the challenge is to keep you know keep it all going yeah i didn't, I didn't used to uh i didn't used to follow hype and social media and untapped and twitter instagram facebook like i like i do now so for me in my beginnings um it was it was like you said it was walking through the doors and getting my socks knocked off you know it, and, and that would be Hailstorm and uh, Workforce also played a role in that. Um, 
And I, I credit often Brando, uh, Brandon Wright uh, at Workforce Chicago Brewworks for kind of starting this podcast. Like, Brandon was the eighth episode of this podcast. And, and you know, up until then, like, I had Penrose on as the fifth episode. And I was like, Penrose is going to be the one that kind of, like, blows this. You know, it's going to get it going. And then, you know, Penrose did well. But then I did Workforce. And I was refreshing stats on my web browser. And I'm like another hundred downloads, another hundred downloads. And I'm like, why the fuck is this growing so fast? Well, it's because of Brandon. He's a, he's a revered guy and not just in Southside beer, but, but Illinois beer in general. I mean, every, everyone respects him and everyone appreciates him generally. Right. So every, uh, every, like there, there's a couple episodes that hold like milestones for me specifically, you know, at 43 episodes in, it's like, you know, uh, my first episode was, a tap room, you know, it was it wasn't a tap room, it was a slashy, you know, that they call an in the industry. So Iron and Glass and Romeoville. I go to Iron and Glass all the time. That's great. Uh, my first brewery wasn't even open, you know, third episode. They weren't even open yet. They were scheduled to open in a couple of months, Will County Brewing. Uh, sure, that that's great. Then fifth episode was Penrose and it was like Penrose, okay. Everybody knows Penrose, you know, everybody's had sours from them, blah blah blah, you know. And then Eight, you know, I had Metal Monkey on, and then Metal Monkey was like, they were established in Romeoville, but still really close to where I started from. And then I and then I got out to Workforce in Plainfield, and it was like, people started downloading the shit out of it. Then episode 10 was Maplewood, the first city brewery. And it was like, I had a Chicago brewery on the podcast. It's been canning beers for, and at Benny's Beverage Depot for how long, you know? And then it just started hitting, 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 and then episode 19 or so, I don't know, you were, you were like 20, 21, something like that, open outcry, and John started promoting it, and all of a sudden, the numbers just started getting crazy, and I don't even check them anymore. Now I'm, now I'm just like, anybody that says yes, I will take you. I appreciate, you know, anybody wanting to sit and talk to me. That's the best way to grow the podcast, but it, it reminds me of, like, that South Side uh, mentality of, like, build it yourself, you know? It's, uh, does that make sense? Build it yeah. yourself. Like, do it yourself. Put your own blood, sweat, mm-hmm. tears. Put your own personality yeah, the, on the, it. The bootstrap shit, right? You know, yeah. I, I hate to say bootstraps because bootstraps now in the current 2018 context is like, yeah. you know, that's not cool. Yeah. It but, isn't? But, but, but no, I think it's cool, John. I, I, but, you know. Build the it yourself. Build right, it yourself. Ultimate, ultimately, you have portrayed to. Portrayed in the ABC uh, media now, there's, nowadays. There, there, there's a certain degree of, unless you build it yourself, yeah. you can have. Uh, distractions and too many, you know, an, a paralysis by analysis. Yeah, I, I I learned it a long time ago, and so it's. Um, Did you hear that? Stop checking Untapped. No, I'm deleting <laughs> no, the kidding. app as we I'm speak. kidding. No, you have to Q and A. It's Q and A. No, but for John, when I see John out back shooting hoops, you know, on his Instagram, I'm like, I want to go drink at that place. That guy's out there just fucking dropping some turnaround J's on people, like just having a good time, like. That's the kind of places people want to drink at. And uh, we talked a little earlier about uh, the the cone. The, we talked about the uh, Rainbow Cone collaboration. Um, even a guy that just because of this, because of the podcast, I met uh, Nick Chakus. He's a he's a afternoon DJ uh, at the River. You got a video of you and him playing basketball, or like you guys had played basketball yeah. the one day together. But Nick was out at 
your place and at your place uh, at Horse Thief, and he was at Open Outcry for the for that release. So he tried it. He went and tried the flight. You know. Oh wow. Like yeah. He, Nick, he Nick's, Nick's a great guy. He's he, a great supporter of this industry. Uh, like you and, know, and specifically Southside Beer. I mean, he he generally talks on his social media platforms about all Southside breweries yeah. and he visits, and he's he's yeah. just a really he nice he guy. called me one day and he's like, hey, I'm I'm interviewing John Bitterman for something I want to do on the river. You know, ninety five nine the river. He's like, uh, would you want to come? He's like, I'll plug your podcast, that kind of thing. And this is early days. This is seventh episode of my podcast, you know. And I'm like, yeah, you know. So he's a, he's a good dude. He's, a, he's local. and The early days back in January yeah, this year? Yeah, no, it's literally, you nailed it. It was exactly yeah. in January, yeah. Joe Bobby, can I ask you one more question? Nope. I'm going to say no, but yeah. Click. I mean, yes. I mean, yes, yeah. <laughs> Boom, I, two hours and 25 minutes. This it's is a quick over. Question. It's a quick question. Have, have you gotten this? Have you drank this much on a podcast before? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have, really? Oh, yeah, way more. Than say, we still have a growler in yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say, this is this is light. This so, is light for most podcasts. Let's look at podcasts. the uh, yeah, I I sherbet. I'll be honest with you. I haven't. I don't think I've drank this much in weeks. Well, yeah, yeah right because now. you're busy. You it's, it's usually when I'm around. Mark and Matt and <laughs> good good human good. beings is yeah. that what you meant by that? Something by, by Mark and Matt. <laughs> positive influences. Yeah. Positive no, no, I, I, dude, that that corridor, uh, the corridor episode that I did with Saint around, they were popping like Hill Farmstead and all this. Show. I was <laughs> like, no, 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 this is not worthy. I'm not worthy of what you're opening right now. And not not cool. No, I've, I've definitely. Uh, had way too much to drink on a podcast. This is going to be up there. It's going to be there, but not, not quite. But the the importance of what we're talking about right now is what I want. To, what I want to kind of bookend here. I mean, we're two hours and twenty five minutes in. You guys have lives. I don't want to keep you any longer than this. But let's let's bookend with a little, a little. I mean, the whole thing has been about Southside, but what what are you doing? Like, what's what's one trick pony got coming up? What's one trick pony? Philosophy. I mean, we we haven't had you yet on the podcast, so we haven't had your full backstory, which I plan to, if that's okay yep. with you. <laughs> um, what what's coming up? <clears throat> sorry, uh, what's coming up is a rededication to what started in 2012. Um, what started in 2012 uh, went back, you know, to 2011 at least in in the kitchen and in the garage and then the bay. So. Um, some of the basics, uh, I, I think that along, you know, along our path the last few years, I think that there's, um, some, um, I, I guess some more, some other styles that we haven't really played around with that we are now. Uh, I think that we got the original idea behind the, the phrase one trick ponies. I'm not going to be a fucking one trick pony brewing the same fucking IPA all the time. And so along the way, we've sort of fallen into patterns where we brew beers that have been well accepted, and we've got to start breaking back out of that. And, and so the philosophy at One Trick right now is the beers that we do really well, get them in front of more consumers in packaged goods, but also make sure that the folks that come into our tap room every day have a wider array of options because... Uh, the, the reason that we're still around is because they've come in and they have tasted and they have sampled out and they have grown to, to love other beer styles other than fucking IPAs, which are <laughs> damn good. They're um, damn good beers. So that, that, that's really what's coming up out in, uh, in Lansing is um, you, you'll see us a little bit out there more and more and uh, without getting out over our skis. Yeah, well, 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 I, well I, quick, uh, oh, go ahead, John. His, his, so somebody just in the tap room 
I think it was one of the IBU guys actually brought one of your uh, barrel aged. Um, what was the, the the most recent barrel aged? Heavy release? things. He, somebody brought a heavy things in here. It's amazing. Had that one. It was it was amazing. So I've seen heavy things. I think you've released heavy things a few times now, right? So you're this and, and I was in your tap room not too long ago, and I saw all the barrels. So your barrel program seems to be ramping up a little bit as well. Uh, we're also trapped by the space that we have, and so uh, what, what's going on is also a discussion locally with where we go next. Um, and so time will tell, but we need more space. Uh, thank you for the heavy things comment. Heavy things has a lot to do with. It was amazing. It was, it was a great. dynamite beer. Yeah, a gentleman, was it, a gentleman was that, by the name of Rye, Jonathan, right? Jonathan Hickey. Was it Rye? Was uh, that a Rye barrel? Uh, that were uh, Willette bourbon barrels. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. They were they were good. Yeah, you have the rose petals falling at your feet right now, but well I, I don't I don't feel them right now. But <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, we'll let, uh, we we were able to find, I think five barrels, and I'm like okay, we're doing those. We've never seen those before. We're going to get those and, um, and 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 put heavy things into it. So Jonathan Hickey, um, uh, great little brewer, and he's brewing out in Michigan right now. And so actually with Chris Betts, and so. It's, uh, you know, the, the entire industry, um, it just camaraderie-wise, um, brewed great beer, and he's brewing great beer out in Michigan right now, and it, here at One Trick, uh, we're, we're continuing to brew the beers that we started with and expanding on what we've been brewing over the last couple of years, so. Yeah, I remember, I remember my, it was one of the IBU guys that brought it in. And uh, I remember my eyes rolling back in, yeah. back into my head. Same way it felt about your stupid tiramisu, barrel aged. Uh, what was it? Dark pool? Is that, is that it was dark a, pool it was base? A dark, it was a barrel aged dark pool of tiramisu. Yeah. Horse Steve Hollow, you're up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, coming up, uh, we are hopefully sometime this summer. Fingers crossed. Gonna be rolling out with a, a couple, one or two uh, can beers. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, they we're, taste better when they come in. <laughs> we're, we're looking at getting, uh, just getting a mobile canning, uh, to do a couple of runs just to, to sell in house. So keep, keep, uh, keep, uh, your eyes on us for, uh, for when those things are going to be coming out. Uh, like I said earlier, we, we, uh, moved over a, just got a sour, uh, uh goza, uh, fresh out of the barrels. Uh, got a couple collabs uh, up our sleeves, um, and then we should be debuting our uh, so the our uh, restaurant menu changes seasonally. So we've got a summer menu coming out hopefully in the next couple of weeks, uh, and then with that we usually try to like you know work with our staff and do uh, training on like okay what beer styles we have seasonally pair well with the beer and and one one of the really cool things that that we kind of work at with horse thief is you know the one of the luxuries of being a brew pub so we've got you know three entities we've got us in the brewery we've got the restaurant we've also got the bar so we have a full full liquor bar uh as well so one of the cool things you know uh lizzie our bar manager you know we'll we'll come up with beer cocktails we'll use different beers in our barbecue sauces and different desserts and things like that we have on the restaurant side so the three parts kind of work harmoniously to try to give the uh the experience to enhance the experience for our customers so we're one of the other benefits is with me being laid up right now is or not being able to do as much on the physical side is kind of working on you know collaborating with those two sides and really kind of 
you know, upping our game a little bit as far as, uh, you know, the food and the beer and the cocktails and things, all those things kind of meshed into one. Plus, you know, we got a couple of events coming up. We got, uh, do an event every summer called summer swelter. We, we do a Rattler, a big outdoor, uh, parking lot party for us. Um, yeah, and there may be a couple other uh, events here and there popping up as well. Some surprises. Yeah. Um, let me let me backtrack real quick and go back to One Trick Pony. Like, I hate asking this questions because it, it, sometimes people look at me like, "Why'd you ask me that? Put me on the spot." But like, what's kind of One Trick Pony to start with you? Like, what what would you feel like? What's that general vibe you want people to get when they walk through the front door? Of uh, it's it. You walk in and it is still uh, still the feeling of. I've walked into my neighbor's really cool garage, and yeah. he's got beer on tap. That is awesome. That's the best way I've heard That's anything described. As that <laughs> or a cool basement. Who, but what, like better, the, what better than to walk into than that? What, what, it's 100% accurate. And you also have how many? So they have a growler hanging. There's about 420. 420. Yeah, so there's That's a it? growlers. Funny, That's man. it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It seems like a weird yeah, number. It's, it's a really, it's <laughs> really 420. That seems like a weird number. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Uh, but, it was but, the last count. But what's really cool is I don't know where all these growlers come from, but um, we, you, we've got uh, Zimbabwe. Geez, not quite mostly. Zimbabwe, no. but um, Russian River. Russian River. <laughs> we do. We have <laughs> Russian River, and um, we've got the we, old Three Floyds ones before they we do doing St- still still with um, color to them, and mm. so uh, we, we've got them from uh, Alaska to to Maine. And it, it really was um, the brainchild of uh, just th- th- this brainchild of, you know what? We've got growlers to sell. Got an idea. You've got something we don't have because we started out with about 20 of them. And like I said, now we've got about 420. And it was just this, yeah, we'll swap one out and maybe we'll give you a beer or two. And, and now it's, I, I'm dreading the day of moving. Because there's so much there, there's so much to take down off the rafters, and you still have music too. Uh, we right? still have music, still, and, and music is not always part of every tap room brewery. No. So uh, Wednesday nights we have open mic nights uh, with um, anyone and everyone that wants to come out and play, from ukulele to the uh, to the harmonica to the uh, xylophone. Um, we've also straight beats, free flowing on. Over them straight beats. Any anyone that wants to get up and play, we welcome them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Fridays and Saturdays, usually throughout the summer, we've got acts coming in on the weekends, and so cool place to hang out. And again, uh, the best frozen fucking pizza on the south side. <laughs> and um, best Jack's pizzas you'll ever have. No. Yes. Well, best I'm best kidding. fucking pizza. Kidding. Uh, and so, what else about uh, one one trick? Stop on in, hang out, and if you. If you can't find a vibe there that is so cool that you that you won't come back to, well, then you probably you know find Mark. Yeah, yeah. Talk <laughs> Tell to Mark. Him, or, this vibe sucks. No, well, no. Actually, uh, ask for Joni and say, "Why is Mark?" Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Joni's my wife. I'm sorry. I Love you, Joni. Had to drop that. <laughs> Horse Steve Hollow, you're up. You have the greatest shirt on of all time. Says Beverly, looking down on Chicago. Yes. So yeah, the uh, the Beverly shirts. Uh, so technically, one of the probably not as common knowledge unless you're from this area is that uh, I think what Beverly's the geological high point of the uh, city of Chicago. <laughs> that's that's 100. percent So the, so the we were the bottom of the ocean at one point, but we were the tallest bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, we were closest to the surface. 
yeah. at one point. So, uh, so we came up, did a run of these shirts that says uh, Beverly looking down on Chicago since you know eighteen ninety. I don't know for sure, but it's it's like whole seven or eight or nine at Beverly Country Club is the highest highest really? point in oh, Chicago. Wow. Yeah, that that's true. Eighty seventh and Western. You can look oh, into shit. floor ninety nine of the Sears Tower. Willis Tower, right? Whoa! Let's go Sears. Let's yeah. go Sears. Yeah, let's go Sears. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What, I don't know what hole. Thirty here. So we I don't know what hole it we is. We refuse but it's, to call it the Willis but it's Tower. One of the, it's one of the holes at Beverly Country Club. That's the highest point in Chicago. Yep. All right. So, what was the horse thief? Was is where we're going? Just kind it's, of it's our, about it's about our, horse, gener- it's, our general this vibe. Is your moment, right All here. Right. So the question vibe. is, why is Neil not here? <laughs> Uh, when I ne- walk into Hurstie Hollow, <laughs> yeah. what Neil's, do I Neil's actually Neil's Neil is managing tonight, so he was I'm he was working. So I was bullshit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I have no idea what Neil does. I apologize for saying that. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I think when when people walk into Horse Thief, uh, they're probably going to notice the first thing I do, which is the so a little bit of backstory first. Uh, the shop or the the brewery used to before we moved in was an old carpet shop. Um, and so just kind of think dr- typical drop ceiling, go in there, and it was just an empty building. And uh, Neil was kind of poking around up there, and he w- was t- looking through the building. He went up on the second floor, kind of off the office, and opens up this kind of attic area and sees the original wood. And just kind of those old-time Chicago. It was a bo- it's a boat trust roof. Yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing boat trust roof. Yeah. And, and, and so, it, like, it, for however long that carpet shop was there, it was concealed by this drop ceiling. And that moment, Neil says, is like, that's when I knew we had to, this was our place. So they spent God knows how long ripping that ceiling out to take, demo everything. And now when you walk in, you see this beautiful boat trust, like, all wood roof, old-time Chicago architecture um, beautiful spot. Um, and you'll see, you know, we've got the, the half wall separating the, uh, you know, we don't have the, the fishbowl brewery. We've got the little half wall separating the brights from the, uh, from the, from the customers, which for better or worse, um, is, is a good, it's a, is a little way to interact. Like so many times when I'm cleaning a bright during the lunch rush, I'll have a guy pull up the bar, ask me what I'm doing. I'm talking them through. And I mean that's part of the job. Is hey, is, bro? What are you doing up there? Well, it's better. I mean, I feel like the, you know like what we have bro. here is almost like that that fishbowl type thing where people tap on the you know you're like don't don't tap on the glass it agitates the brewers. Um, Dude, you work here? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, my, yeah. my favorite I, I, my been, favorite question that is that's all. Yeah, my my favorite questions are when I'm when I'm cleaning up you know. I'm at the end of a 14-hour day, and I'm just trying to clean a bright tank at the end of the day. And you get this guy come over. He's like, so, bro, you guys just get, like, shit-faced all the time? You're like, do you just drink all the-? I'm like, dude, I've, I've been here since 7. I don't remember the last time I saw yesterday, my wife this week. 7 o'clock yesterday. Yeah, and it's just like, you know. Do you just get hammered all the time? Yeah. But, I mean, seriously, but, like, that's – there's this kind of mysticism about brewing where I think people who – and even I, I'm guilty of it too. Like when, when I was in my late teens, early twenties, I thought like you just wore, you know, it was just oompa music playing all the time and you're, you know, wearing later hosen and stirring a couple of things and turning a couple of valves and boom, you make beer. It's 90, but like, no, 90, 95%. No, you're non brewing. No, absolutely. It's cleaning. It's, <laughs> it's mostly cleaning. you know, yeah. I mean, and that, growing that a is beer, literally it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that there is some like, 
you know, romanticized idea about what we do here. But I mean, and I, I, I think, you know, the old brewer joke is that like, you know, we're glorified janitors and, right. you know, yep. that's not untrue. But, uh, but to anyway, get back to my point about horse thief is I think, you know, we, we try to have local musicians in, we work with the Beverly Arts Center to have rotating art on our walls. Uh, we, you know, try to support local charities, try to support local events, um, as much as possible. And that's just feeding into the, the kind of lifeblood of the neighborhood as best we can and be part of it, support our neighborhood and hopefully they support us in return. All right. I guess we'll listen to you, John. How about open outcry? What do we have? What are your parting shots? What are your parting uh, thoughts for the folks? I mean, bookend us, bookend us. I book mean, we started us. by okay. telling you this this episode, this this whole reasoning behind a roundtable between three breweries from the South Side was about the South Side itself. So, so bookend us. Like you're ingrained in this community. This is not a fly by night. This is not a, you know, we'll pitch in where we can. This is like, <laughs> I'm every single piece of this community. So what? Ba- what? Matt just said uh, that's our uh, that that's our approach to branding and uh, what we do every day here is trying to build community in this tap room build culture build community uh, collaborate with all the other local businesses in this neighborhood uh, do what we can to support the all, all the civic institutions and cultural institutions in this neighborhood build culture on the south side and uh it's worked out well for us one because we're genuine in doing it and two uh it's reciprocal so all the folks in this neighborhood are supporting horse thief they're supporting us as well and i I do feel like we're really creating community on western avenue and um and and what we're doing here and 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 that's lending itself to us and our ability to grow and scale this business as well. So what you're going to see here is a continuation of our of our barrel aging program. We have about 50 barrels now stacked in the tap room. You're going to see regular and consistent releases of our barrel aged beers. Oh no, we, I actually saw you stacking the barrels. I was we here. have been physically I was stacking. here for that day. Yeah, we we uh, so uh, you're going to see probably every couple of weeks we're going to drop a few. We're going to we're going to. Uh, move the liquid from these barrels into um into kegs and either just serve them as straight up barrel aged russians we're gonna we're gonna try to get creative with uh uh adjuncts based on uh recommendations from from our customers and our community and continue to try to refine and define this food menu that we have here in in our kitchen based on what this community wants and I would say the biggest ticket item that's coming up is when is this airing? By the way, before I it'll be say, it'll be within a week, within a week, under okay. a week, yeah, for sure, maybe okay. five days at the latest. We're um, we're actually on the verge of launching a, a pretty major construction project where we're going to add a rooftop beer. We're going to have a rooftop beer garden. I saw the property. mock-ups; they yeah. look pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, building permits are eminent, from what I've been told by my my guy. Right, I got a guy. He's got a guy. I got of course, a guy. you're south side. You got a guy. You uh, got a guy. I'm going through all the processes with with downtown and with the city that you have to go through to try to get a rooftop or what they call um, uh, what do they call them? They call them incidental use permits. Yeah, you're going to say they call them terrible ideas. They're like, <laughs> no, terrible idea, John. <laughs> yeah, 
Right. Uh, so uh, we'll be actually launching the construction on this in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it literally is building a second story to the property that we operate our tap room in right now. And uh, it's, it's not a simple, I mean, this is a architect, engineer uh, type, you know, type, type of project where we had to engage all these really smart folks to come up with uh, architectural and engineering design plans. And uh, we're going to start on this in the next couple of weeks and try to deliver a, a, a second story beer garden, hopefully before the end of, maybe not by the end of the summer, but at least for the beginning of fall so we can get this thing done. And uh, it's an amenity that this neighborhood has asked for and that uh, we're really excited to deliver. That'd be the, the first on the boat when it comes to that thing, right? There's nothing around here I can go sit on a rooftop, right? No? Yes? Uh, no? There's, there, well, there's a really nice <laughs> not Italian restaurant. Not legally. <laughs> well, formally. that's not true. There's a really nice Italian restaurant about six blocks oh. north of here. That do they have hazy IPAs? They don't have hazy IPAs, <laughs> no. but, but they do have a rooftop beer garden. But for some reason, I, I, don't, I don't regularly see people up there. Uh-huh. But, but to your point, there's not many outdoor craft beer uh, uh, or, or, or rooftop beer garden type amenities on the south side. Uh, and we're, we're really looking forward to be able to, to be able to deliver that type of uh, option or amenity to our customers into this, into this neighborhood. All right, gentlemen around the table here. Do you have anything uh, coming up? One trick pony. Do you have, do you have uh, cans releases, anything coming up right now? Something. Uh, we're going to be open tomorrow at uh, 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah, we, we, <laughs> just we, like every day, every we, Friday. No, we, we just had to do bottle releases, uh, Cocoa Butter Kisses, about a month ago, and oh, then Heavy snap. Things uh, Heavy Things was uh, about two weeks ago. So we've got a couple of weeks off. No longer available, have, I'm guessing? or no? uh, Cocoa Butter long gone, Heavy Things, there's just remnants that are left. So and people so can come in maybe tomorrow if they're lucky people, and get yes, some. Yes, people can still come in to get some. Okay. Um, but the, the last the last month and the next couple of months, probably the last two months and the next month are really about getting some cans on the shelves. And so there, there's been, again, there's been a, a different focus than in the past. It's getting out of the tap room and getting more stuff out there in front of everybody. And also, um, as I mentioned, I think before, trying to get, um, a, there, there's a different spot in Lansing where we need to, we need to move to a little for a little more space. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want I don't press you too. I mean, hey, we'll leave it cool. We'll be cool about it. I'll take that from it what you will. Yep. Mr. Horse Thief. Yeah. Oh. No, uh, with Horse Thief, like I, like I mentioned, we're, we're crossing our fingers, hoping that we can get, uh, get one or two uh, different uh, mobile canning lines, uh, runs of beers done. Uh, hopefully get those out sometime in the near future. Can I say thank you guys, first of all, for taking three hours almost out of your day? Like, you guys don't have anything better to do? This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I, really no, do, I really do appreciate the opportunity. Guys, that's literally to. what I'm aiming for. I'm aiming for you guys to have fun. I mean, I, I like the content to be good. I like the conversation to be good. But at the same time, it's more, you know, I like to be surrounded by guys that are having fun while they're talking to me. So I'm, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, but, again, I, I don't want to leave you without being able to say anything you want, you know, as a parting goodbye here. I think we're good this was no. this was a great conversation cool. I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk Southside beer Southside is strong with, right now with it's my strong. friends um, Mark and Matt have been 
supportive of us since we've opened and, and I appreciate their friendship and I appreciate the opportunity for you to come down here and talk to us. So thank you. Yeah, and whenever you guys are doing stuff together, let us know. Let let us what kind normal, of st- what kind of let stuff? Anything. Yeah, let about. us let us normal old beer geeks playing that in are the just, sandbox together. Yeah, yeah. When we're just sitting there refreshing our little Facebooks and and Instagrams and all that. Just you know, you guys are doing something together. Let us see what hops you're using. Let us see what oats you're using. You know, let's let's see the the, the grain bills, all that. So appreciate you guys kind of letting us in behind the curtain and talking about it a little bit. And yeah, absolutely, I think that's something that people just. I know it's such an industry now that's boomed so much that people just. They want to know a little more, you know. It's you get that thirst for it. You can read all the books you want, but to actually hear what guys that are actually brewing their beer and creating their beer and writing the recipes for their beer, like I, think, I don't know, it just speaks to people. Well, thanks for cool. coming and keep doing what you're doing because your podcasts are really great. So thank Stop you. Stop it! You're flattering me. <laughs> <laughs> average Joe's above average beer podcast. You guys are episode forty three. I can't believe I've done forty three episodes in six months, but I. I really appreciate it for you guys. Uh, and hopefully I'll have uh, One Trick and, and Horse Thief uh, single episodes coming out soon so we can get a little deeper on your guys' backstory and uh, hear a little more. So um, let's, let, can, we, can we cheers? Let's, let, we don't have any drinks left because we drank too much already. So let's just make glass noises. John drank it all. Drink, cheers, make buddy. glass noises, guys. That's all we're looking for. Woo! Cheers. I think there's water in mine. And we're out of here. Good night. Cheers, guys. <laughs>